Blog Talk Radio.
Father God, we just praise your holy name and we thank you for the days that we're in right now. We thank you for giving us the vision that we have, that um, that we're very, very close. And we know that we're never going to know and you're never going to tell us how close we actually are. And so we just have to endure day by day, uh, week by week. Uh, continuously drawing in closer to you and recognizing, hopefully, that it's a blessing that we're still here in the sense that this is a proving ground. This is a testing ground. This is a time when all of us can uh, be happy in our challenges and trials and tribulations. And I know it's a paradox. I know it's very difficult for us in the flesh to be able to understand these things, especially me. Uh, and and I, I just wish that there was some easy answer, but uh, there isn't. And, um, and we, you know, we know what we're commanded to be. We know what we're command, how we're commanded in, in, in your holy word to feel uh, and to show the joy and the love of Jesus, even in the exceedingly dark times as the, the days that we're in right now. But we thank you, Father, for the refiner's fire, because it, Many of us, even though we're married and maybe we have just a full lives with children and, you know, all kinds of different, you know, facets to our lives that uh, add social dynamics to it that maybe some of some of the others of us do not have um, and may sometimes even feel a little left out, you know, because we don't have it. Um, at the same time, Father, you know, we're all going through difficulties. We're all going through trials and tribulations, and some of us maybe not as many, as much as others, but they because they wax and they wane. They increase and then they subside. And, um, and as we go through the various um, uh, ups and downs associated with this, this walk, this, uh, this, uh, I'm trying to think of the right words, but the, the, um, the sanctification process that you have chosen us to go through, we have to continuously 
praise you and remember that this is an opportunity for all of us to grow, all of us to grow closer to you, all of us to fall deeper in love with you, all of us to be, to become more immersed in our sanctification and allowing you to tear us down that we can be built back up to be what, what it is that you need us to be in the days that we're in right now. These are things that are exceedingly difficult for the vast majority of us. I raise my hand, Father, to be able to understand as we're going through these times. But at the same time, Father, we do we read your word, we understand what it says, and we believe it. We stand behind it, and we know that it is the truth. And so as we go through these very difficult times, emotionally, sociologically, whatever uh, trials and tribulations that it is that you're having us go through, whether it is through husbands and wives breaking up, whether it's through families and children you know, going as, uh, awry and astray, uh, whatever it is, whether it's a job that we have that is just un, you know, words cannot describe the the stressors that are associated with some of the jobs that we have, Father. But we have them, we have them, and there are so many others. We must remember at all times, Father, and we praise your name for this. There are so many others. They don't. They don't. And so we praise you, Father, for our difficult jobs. We praise you, Father, for our difficult spouses. We praise you, Father, for the exceedingly harsh, uh, you know, challenging dynamics of our lives because we know that there is a lesson to be learned. We know buried within the trials and the tribulations and the stressors and the difficulties and the days that we wake up sweating in our beds. Uh, I forget what the scripture is that, you know, it says that I swim in my sheets, something along that line. Father, we know that there are, you're teaching us things and that these things that you're teaching us are going to bring us to a place that we don't understand. We don't understand, but it's going to bring us to a place that we're going to be more qualified to be able to touch another person's life and maybe be able to say just the right words to bring them uh, along on our journey, uh, maybe not in lockstep, but at least to be able to lead them to a place where they're able to deal with the harsh and the, the, the hardships of their lives a little bit better, a little bit more um, gracefully through your grace and your loving kindness for each of us. And we just praise you, Father, for helping us to understand that these things that we're going through the things that we, you know, that the, the, all this is all part of your divine will for us and also part of your divine will for each of us to be able to step into a position where we can reside on holy ground and touch another person's life in a way that you need us to be able to do uh, for the days that we are in right now. Father, we praise your holy name and we thank you for the, this learning opportunity. We pray that we will continue to walk uh, you know, better and better and better uh, in, the, in these different uh, you know, dynamics and um, we thank you for it. Father, we also thank you for keeping us on the edge of our seats, helping us to be able to see the things that are happening through the um, through the biblical eyes of the end times and recognize that things may not go down the way that we think that they're going to go down. We may, be, we, yes, we do know the end game. Yes, we do know what is going to ultimately happen. And we praise you for that. Thank you, Lord, because so many people are lost and, oh, they're just in such awful throes of life right now. And, and it's just, it's, it's heart-wrenching. It's horrible. It's just horrible to even be exposed to it, to see the suffering that's happening. Not just, I'm not talking about just the suffering that's happening in the war-torn regions of the world, Father, but the suffering that's happening even in each of our own individual countries. And yes, I do 
expand this challenge out, you know, this, these trials and tribulations out to all of our fellow brothers and sisters in all 243 countries, 195 major countries, 243 with the, with the island nation countries, Father. The bride of Jesus Christ stretches across to all of these lands. Let us never become so myopic and self-centered in our walk that we don't recognize that the people in Namibia, the people in Mauritius, the people in New Zealand, the people in, uh, you know, Tasmania, the people in uh, Russia, the people in China, the people in uh, Greece, the people in Norway, the people all over the world, uh, Paraguay, Uruguay, Father God, wherever it is, we know that they are also part of the family of our Lord Jesus Christ. They are our brothers and sisters, and let us never. The people in the Philippines, the people in Taiwan, the people in South Asia, Father, we pray in the name of Jesus that we always remember that we are all going through each and every one of these things together, that it is not, you know, when, when, when there are awful things that happen in Taiwan, when there are awful, horrible things that are happening in Vietnam, we got to remember that we have fellow brothers and sisters that are going through those things. And we have to remember to lift them up in prayer, Father God, and, and, and keep at the forefront of our mind the fact that we are all in this together. We are all suffering through these trials and tribulations together. We are all and do walk through, uh, you know, a, a, a different periods in our lives that uh, need more prayer. And let us never forget that this this global onslaught against uh, the believers of your incredible word, Lord Jesus, the suffering that you went through on our behalf, and the opportunity, Father God, that you have laid before each of us, we are all in this together. There is no difference between any one of our fellow brothers and sisters in any one of these 243 countries, Father God. We are all, all of us are in this together, and let us always have hearts that are deeply touched by those who are going through exceedingly hard times, because we may perceive our lives as just practically unbearable, but yet we oftentimes lose touch with the agony that our, that those of us, our brothers and sisters in Jesus Christ are going through. And let us always lift that, remember to lift them up and praise you, Father, for your mercy on each of us. Because, uh, you know, there it's all in varying degrees. The suffering that's happening to each of us as fellow brothers and sisters in Jesus across this huge planet, it's all in varying degrees. And we, we oftentimes lose sight of that. We become so myopic and so distraught by our own situation that we forget. And let us, Father, please let us not forget. Let us not forget how the North Korean Christians are suffering. Let us not forget how the people, the, the, the uh, Christians in uh, Thailand are suffering. Let us not forget the things that everybody, it, it's just not us. It's not about us. It's about all of us. For there is neither man nor woman, Jew or Gentile. We are all one in the body of Jesus Christ. As it says in the book of Galatians, I have to remember, I have to commit to memory the, uh, the chapter and verse. I love that scripture. It is so telling. Let us, Father, live our lives that way, always in remembrance of those of our fellow truly. As Jesus said, as he stood by the tabernacle and everyone was saying, look, it's your mother, it's your brother. And Jesus said, no, 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 no. And he pointed to the people in the tabernacle and he said, these, 
These are my mother, my brothers, my sisters. Those who do the will of my father are my mother, my brothers, and my sisters. Let us all remember that as we look across this, what seems to be to us anyways, a very, very large planet full of a lot of trouble. As the days grow darker, let us always remember how blessed we are. And as long as we are breathing, as long as we can pray, let us always pray for those that are truly our brothers and sisters that are suffering all the more. And remember how blessed we are that we are able to get on our knees and pray for them. We praise your holy name, Father, for the days that we're in right now. Keep our hearts and our minds centered on your glory by your grace. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Wow. Um, For any of you out there who have um, Telegram on your cellular phones or Telegram on your local computers, I think you have to load it up. Oh, wow. Wait a minute. What is this? This can't be good. Oh, oh, thank you, Jesus. It just happened to be my mouse cursor was uh, hovering over something that uh, it doesn't normally hover over, and it was uh, my computer was displaying, well, 
troubling information. Let's just put it that way. But praise God, it was just a mouse over issue. But anyway, um, for those of you who have uh, Telegram, <clears throat> and I think you have to install it on your cellular phone first, and then you're able to put up the you know the the uh, PC version on your laptop or your main computer if you have one. A lot of people are just stuck on you know. They, I I do mean stuck on mobile devices. A lot of people are like, hey, mobile devices are where it's at. That's you know you know to me, a mobile device gets me buy for those times when I don't feel like having a hot laptop sitting on my lap, <laughs> right? Uh, but, uh, you know, or or sitting here in my, you know, th- this last week has been interesting for me, praise Jesus, because uh, what a blessing it was to be able to go on uh, with Stephen Ben Noon on uh, Israeli News Live. Um, evidently, a lot of people uh, seem to be touched by, uh, you know, the contribution that I was blessed to be able to throw over the wall to the listeners there. Um, uh, it, it seemed to go pretty well, um, at least from the feedback. Now, of course, there's always going to be folks that um, don't really relate, and that's okay. Um, you know, we're, we, we all have to try. I have to. I have to. I don't know about you. Maybe you just are gifted, like, beyond words, and you just get things right out. I mean, you just come right out of the gate and you're running 100 miles an hour. And God bless you if you are like that. Hallelujah. Um, but I will say I'm, I'm, I'm relatively a slow learner. Um, you know, I, I'm a fast learner in some ways, but I'm a very slow learner in other ways. In other words, um, you know, like I, the whole alien thing didn't come to me easily. I mean, I really, I literally took, you know, books and chucked them across the room. You know, I got a book on Nostradamus's uh, series of his, you know, uh, what they call the quatrains, the last uh, bunch of them that he did. And and, and, uh, the book that I got, I'm not saying, you know, it was Pictionary. So basically, by the time he had done, uh, Nostradamus had done his last series of quatrains, I guess they were breathing down his neck, and he was afraid for his life. So uh, he uh, started doing Pictionary. Well, um, so that leaves a lot to the imagination as far as those who are attempting to interpret what it is he was trying to communicate in those quatrains, true Pictionary. And I got this, and one of the books that, the book that I chose to buy in regard to that, you know, went into, you know, basically uh, aliens, (laughs) okay? So here is Nostradamus, uh, who knows how many years ago, I don't remember, uh, I don't remember, and it's irrelevant, Um, but, uh, you know, talking about aliens coming upon the earth through his, you know, his Pictionary Quatrains. And I'm reading this, and I'm like thinking to myself, oh, for crying out loud, the alien thing again. I remember taking the book and just like chucking it across the room. I've done that a couple of times. There was another book on uh, how to disappear from the Internet by Kevin Mitnick, who's a famous hacker. I got that, and I started reading, and I was like, this is the biggest pile of bunk ever put on paper. And I chucked that one across the room. But, you know, that's okay. Um, You know. It is what it is, but, you know, uh, but anyway, we're we're definitely in a time right now where um, you know things are bad. They're really, really bad, and they're a lot worse than I think people realize. And that's okay because you know, just like during World War II, just like during all the wars, really, uh, during all periods of war, and you know what, I I can't speak to this in regards to the French Revolution and Napoleon's attempt to conquer Europe and all that stuff, Uh, you know, and during, uh, you know, the uh, uh, 1860s, during this, you know, the American Civil War, because you know what, 
Back then, you didn't have electronic communications like you have today, which, which, which introduces a much more complex uh, censorship dynamic. Um, but you can believe that um, false information, information control dynamics were always going to be a part of life on Earth. Um, even during World War II, uh, in you know uh, Nazi Germany, it be, it was made illegal to even own a radio. You were not allowed to own a radio, so people would hide their radios, and in in you know, and they they became very clever at how they would hide things back then. And I'm not going to get into all of it, but you know, basically one of the ways that they would hide things is to. Um, well, you know, um, uh, bricks, you know, bricks and stones and things that could be moved well. And when they were in place, you know, it's the kind of stuff that you see in movies that are about, um, uh, you know, jailbreaks, you know, where the person is chipping away and they have, you know, the uh, the area that they're chipping away at the, br- the brick, the bricks or the stones of their jail cell. And, um, you know, if a guard were to look at it directly, they wouldn't necessarily see that there was any damage done to the bricks. It would look perfect. Uh, you know, they they would learn how to put the bricks back in such a manner that everything lined up. There were no visible cracks. But if you knew how to push on it just right or whatever, it would open up a little secret hole and then they could hide money, uh, you know, cash or they could hide radios, which was real popular to hide back then. Um, and, uh, you know, we're, we're, we're entering into a time right now. Now, I, I, I think there's places on the earth right now where this dynamic is still in play. Um, I'm not going to get into all the horrible things that are going on in China right now. And I can only imagine that due to the size of China, China's immense, uh, due to the size of China, I have to imagine that, um, it's different all over the country. Um, so when we see, you know, like social, you know, stuff where they take, you know, they social credit scores and all that kind of weirdness, facial recognition systems, uh, you know, people being ostracized, not not able to ride on uh, public transportation, not in some cases, not even able to get into their own homes because they have, you know, done something naughty, said something naughty, got caught hanging out with somebody, you know, it's it's absolutely insane. But one thing that I think is reasonable to estimate is that um, it's not China wide. Okay, so those technological horrors that they that these entities from the bowels of hell are uh, inflicting, and oh, they want to inflict it upon us too. You can believe it, and they are working very, very hard to inflict these uh, horrible things upon the people of the United Kingdom, the people of the Australia. There are many countries, uh, Canada. Now they're trying, they're trying, but it's you know it's going in some cases it's going a little bit slower for these entities than, um, than uh, you know, the entities probably wish. Now, all that being said, uh, in the throes of a World War III dynamic, that it would jettison the world forward into a, you know, well, very much like Nazi Germany, very much like Berlin, very much. You know, um, I, I, I struggle. I, it troubles me deeply. Uh, I think really all of us, I, while I don't, 
really, especially today, like going back and rewinding life and looking again at things that are traumatizing. I like to avoid traumatizing uh, visuals. I think today, nowadays, it's kind of a good thing to try a little extra hard. You know, we want to be awake and aware to the things that are happening out there, but visual seeing traumatizing visuals on a regular basis is what? Traumatizing. And you can't unsee a lot of that stuff. And um, so, uh, you know, but, uh, you know, I, I remember I reflect back to some of the scenes in Schindler's List, for example, where the Jews were standing in line. I think it was Treblinka. I think it was Treblinka. And they were, can you imagine traveling across Europe? And you're you're thrown into the back of a boxcar with a whole bunch of other people that are you know that are all Jews in this case, and um, you, you know you're no water, no food, no way to go to the restroom, and you're there for days and days and days. Now, what do you think's happening in there? The children are all crying. People are they can't don't have any place to go. They don't have any water to drink. You know what I mean? So they're doing it there inside the boxcar. How horrible is that? Can you imagine how horrible that, that's got to be? Can you, I, and the, I mean, just the very thought of it is just chilling. It's horrific. And then for them to evidently, historically, they did not, they restilled. Even in, you know, can you imagine? So you're in a boxcar. You've got men, women, and children in this boxcar. You have been you know, you're sitting in your own stuff, okay? Everybody's in a horrific dynamic, and it's just you're probably utterly beside yourself, and they're still debating. You know, they heard rumors that people were being killed, but they never heard what was actually happening. And so they would, there were a lot of unbelievers in those boxcars. There were a lot of people like, oh, no, no, come on now. They would never do anything like that. So they didn't believe that they were going to be killed. They did it even as they were standing in line like at Treblinka. They had um, these foul murderers had, uh, you know, quintent. Quin, quintets playing, um, you know, like Mozart. And they're standing in these lines going to their death, and they're still debating whether or not, oh, have you heard that the rumor is that they're going to do, you know, that they're going to kill us? Oh, they would never do anything like that. They would just never do anything like that. That's just unthinkable. No way that that could happen. These are people that were, you know, imagine just the conditions that they were in getting out of the boxcars. And then they're standing in line still doubtful, still doubting that anybody could be so inhumane that they were about to be killed. Still doubtful. Where does that put us? You know, what's that saying? How's that saying go? Um, those who uh, do not understand or know history are doomed to repeat it. How doomed are we to repeat these things? How close are we to being thrown into FEMA camps? Are we even aware that there are literally thousands upon thousands of FEMA camps all over the United States of Babylon the Great? And I would argue 
thousands upon thousands of, of similar detainment facilities. I don't know if it'd be appropriate to call them FEMA camps over in Europe or Canada or whatever the case is, because FEMA doesn't exist over there. But, you know, that agency doesn't exist. But the dynamics do. You know, this idea of having a place. Look what happened to the people over, and they're building them still. They're still building facilities to throw us all into. Look what happened. Look what they're – it's all over the Internet. I'm, I, you know, I'm not going to sit here and ramble on endlessly about these facilities that are being built all over the world to put us, to put us all. Okay, so, um, you know, so, so you, you, you know, when you examine the sociological, sociopolitical dynamics associated with, well, people don't believe it. They don't want to believe it. They go into a state of denial, which is no different than the Jews who were standing in line listening to Mozart being played by other prisoners debating whether or not you know, anyone could be so horrible as to kill them as they had heard rumors about when there are literally only 100 people behind the gas chamber with Zyklon B. They, get go, they go walking into the room, and they, the water comes down from the ceiling, and they're like, wow, we're getting a shower. This is great, and all of a a sudden, bam, in comes the Zyklon B, and they're all dead. We live in such times. That's the problem right now. I don't think we realize that while we're all staring at the television, when we're trying to, like, you know, divorce ourselves from all the evil that's happening across the world, while we're, you know, going, oh, my gosh, this is just terrible what's happening in Gaza. This is just horrible what's happening in Israel. This is just scary uh, how Erdogan is standing in front of hundreds and 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 hundreds of thousands of people in Turkey that are, you know, Let's go to Israel. Let's send in the army. You know, and we're looking at all these dynamics, you know, and never mind what's all the horrors that are happening to the Christians in different other lands, you know, over, you know, in China and North Korea and different parts of Africa and, you know, and Namibia and, and Niger, Niger or whatever you want. I mean, it's just, you know, we, we lose track of it when we say to ourselves, what do we say to ourselves? We say, I can't take it anymore. I can't watch that much. I'm doom scrolling. I've got to put a limit on my doom scrolling you see. Because if I doom scroll too much, I might be, you know, I might be sucked down into negativity because uh, I saw too much, you know, negative stuff. So I'm not going to doom scroll anymore. No, I'm not. I'm going to join that crowd that's standing in line at Treblinka, and I'm going to say, there's no way they would ever do stuff like that to us. But they are. So in a way, it is a powerful blessing. I, I know it's hard. It's a paradox. And, and just you can look up the word paradox if you want to. But basically, a paradox is this dynamic, and I'm totally paraphrasing, where there's two different ways to look at it. One way is to look at it through the eyes of Jesus, to look at it through the eyes of God, to look at it through heavenly eyes. <clears throat> we cannot endure, unless we're willfully negligent, we're willfully not, we don't want to look at the things that are happening around the world. We just refuse to. Can't handle it. Cannot handle it. Um, uh, you know, we can't. And too much doom scrolling, we put a little timer on our thing, and, we're not, and you're like, I'm not going to subject myself. I don't want to see that bad stuff happening. I don't want to see it. 
It's gonna. It's depressing me. It's putting me in a bad mood. Uh, I got to go through my work day. You know, I don't believe any. I just can't believe this has got to be made up. I just can't believe it's that horrible. Um, you know, all that kind of stuff. We put a limit on what we're willing to allow ourselves to see because it's too much for us. It's traumatizing, and it is for really good reasons. But what's really kind of a sad, troubling thing is that this trauma that we see that's like in our faces right now, it never stopped. I mean, yes, right now it's in our faces more than ever before, but it never stopped. For us to think for a second that the trauma, the persecution of Christians, the persecution of Jews, the persecution of Islamic people, the persecution of different groups of people, different demographics across the world, it has always been, and it always will be. Now, maybe not to the same magnitude or the same volume of of people, maybe not hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of thousands of people are having that happen to them. Maybe it's a smaller group. But there have been, um, you know, parts of Africa where, you know, it was it's commonplace for a live grenade to be rolled into a, a church of believers and explode right in the middle of their praise and worship. Uh, Period. You know, when they're, hallelujah, thank you, Jesus, hallelujah, and then goes a grenade and and blows the whole thing up. These things are commonplace in different parts of Africa, you know, where, which are predominantly Muslim countries, um, and, uh, and they still have Christian churches in them. This has been going on for a really long time. Um, now, you know, so so what am I saying? Where, what is my point? My point is this. When we see these things that are happening in front of our eyes, when we see the dynamics that are happening over in Gaza, when we see the dynamics of the things that are still happening over in Israel, there are still bad things happening over there, folks. There are still missiles being fired. There are missiles getting past the Iron Dome. There are people that are very anti-Israel. I have no allegiance. OK, I I know that a lot of people do, and that's fine. You know, the, everybody we what how many different groups of Christians do you think there are out there? I mean, I, so we can first we can start out by saying, yes, there are thirty three thousand different denominations of Christians that are out there. Thirty three thousand. Now, you can say that that which differentiates those thirty three thousand is relatively trivial in some cases, and you would be correct. In some cases, it's not relatively trivial. It's very substantial. In fact, there's very small. It's like the Assembly of God and uh, Pentecostal, maybe um, uh, church, the Church of God, but there's a few not very teeny, weeny, weeny. Oh yeah, the Seventh Day Adventists. They're another one that's you know. Yeah, they got their whole thing. You know, they, they got the whole Sabbatarian thing going on, but they're good Christians. They're, you know, they believe in the baptism of the Holy Spirit, speaking in tongues and all that kind of stuff and the casting out of devils, you know, and so same with the Pentecostals, same. And, and nowadays we have different groups of Pentecostals. We have different groups of, of Assembly of God. They all used to be united in how they believed and all that kind of stuff. That's not the case anymore. You've got different divisions of, of the Methodists. You've got the inter, inter, interfighting between the different groups. Some of them want to embrace LGBT. Some of them want to have drag queens, you know, uh, spinning around on silver poles in the middle of their praise and worships. I mean, we live in such a disgusting, filthy, abominable, 
abominable period of the Earth's existence. Oh, my gosh, it's unbelievable. I mean, sometimes just by opening up my phone and taking a look around and seeing what's going on, because I want to know. You know, we're commanded to watch and pray. We're commanded to, you know, be, you know, as it says in Luke, you know, and other places in the Bible, you know, that we're supposed to watch ye therefore. You know, if we if we had known when the thief was going to come, we would be watching. You know, and and I, and I and I, with all of my heart, believe that the purpose of watching is to keep us on the edge of our seats, right? Amen. And why would that be? Because we want to be keenly aware of how close we are to our departure. We want to use that as motivation to draw in closer to Jesus, to get up earlier in the morning, to spend more time in prayer and praise, motivation that we all need to have. And how are we supposed to shine the light? Have you thought about that? We're commanded to shine the light of Jesus in the midst of all of this ugly. Well, the only way that we're going to be able to shine the light of Jesus in the midst of all this ugly is to keep our mind stayed on things above and not on things of this earth. So it's weird because therein lies your paradox. Your paradox is we are commanded to keep, you know, we're to, to be wise as serpents. Wise as the Nazis who are going to kill us. You get where I'm going with this? We're commanded to be wise as these entities, these tares that are not human, that are everywhere. They're everywhere. We're commanded to be able to listen to the uh, gurgling uh, dung that comes out of the mouths of the World Economic Forum entities, and we're we're command. I mean, we're we're. How do you become wise as a serpent if you're not paying attention to what these entities are planning to do to us? And then we see all the dynamics that are occurring, you know, in the war-torn regions of the world, and then we have to based upon the Holy Bible, recognize that those war-torn dynamics that we see happening in certain parts of the world are going to spread to other parts of the world. Indeed, they're going to spread to probably our own neighborhoods, right? So again, um, uh, these it, it's really, this is a very, very challenging and an unbelievably difficult walk. And, um, and, and it, because we, it's a paradox. On one hand, we're commanded to know that there is going to be Zyklon B in that room we're about to walk into. We're commanded to be wise as servants, but gentle as doves and loving and kind. In the midst of all of this stuff, as more and more um, of our neighbors, as the Bible puts it, we're supposed to love our neighbors with, you know, that that's not a lot of, there's tons and tons of misinterpretations. And, and a lot of, of the, one of the many misinterpretations is the, is the concept of a neighbor has to be one of our fellow brothers, brothers and sisters in Christ. That is untrue. That is untrue. So anyway, um, you know, because you know that because you can read the just read the chapter uh, Romans chapter 12. You know that we're supposed to give drink to a thirsty enemy and food to one that is hungry. Where you know we're supposed to heap holes coals of uh, you know I'm sorry uh, we're, we're supposed to love them. 
You know, if they steal from us, we're supposed to run down the road and give us a, they give them another cloak. You know, we're we're supposed to give until it hurts. Give until it hurts to those who are hurting us. Wow, we are to be like Jesus as we're standing in line to go in and get dosed with some Zyklon B. That's rough. That is a tall order. It's a real tall order, folks. And so it's vitally important, praise Jesus, for us to really spend an, just a really healthy amount of time in the Word. Um, and that's a double-edged sword, too, because, the you know, if you want to read some, you know, they talk about doom scrolling. Well, if you have an, an electronic Bible, uh, I can point you to a lot, a lot of chapters in the Bible that when you read them, they're it's not happy. Not happy stuff that you're reading about. All right, so it 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 is a very very our 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 challenge as believers in Jesus in the end times, which we're deep 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 into right now, is to um, keep our minds stayed on Jesus. Keep our minds stayed. And um, Sister Nancy, I know that you almost invariably cannot listen live to the shows because of your home dynamics. But Sister Nancy, if you do get a chance and you do hear me talking right now, I am uh, beseeching you and, and asking very, please, 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 do continue to find more people. Please find more people that have been taken to heaven. We need more heaven testimonies. We need, need more heaven testimonies. Praise God. All right. So I'm, uh, I'm beseeching you as a fellow brother in Christ and thanking you profusely for all of your very hard work, especially in the in the mix of the challenges associated with your life, okay? We all have life challenges. And I just wanted to say thank you, Mary Lee, for all of your hard work. I know there's nothing fun about doing the work. And you, Vera, Sister Vera, and Justin, you know, you, you're, you're helping me is... Words cannot describe how important it is. Those of you who take the time to send over some news about the end times, thank you. Praise Jesus for you. All of you that help out with this ministry, I praise God for you. And we, yes, we do. We need to be praying for one another. Uh, and yes, Sister Nancy, I am asking if there's any way. I know it's getting harder and harder and harder. It, it has been progressively more difficult beyond words to get guests to come on the radio show. Um, I, I, you know, I've had conversations with exceedingly faint, I would call them relatively famous Christians. They're very well known. But anyway, I'm not going to get into all that. The point is, I've had those intimate conversations with them off the phone. Like, like after I did the program, what a blessing with Stephen Ben Noon. We talked for another hour and a half, maybe two hours. I don't know how long it was. There's a lot of things Stephen Ben Noon knows that he isn't going to talk about on Israeli News Live. <laughs> okay? <laughs> you know, there's a lot of stuff. You know, the, the, the things that we talk about, that I talk about openly on this program, he knows about them. 
Okay. <laughs> you know, he knows about them, folks. All right. He may not be, you know, that's not part of his calling in Christ. I mean, he's not going to do an Israeli news live show on shape-shifting reptilians and talking about the cosmology of the universe and the portals that go into the eternal realm in the Orion Nebula and how there's 22 different racial memory banks in the dust of the earth that we're made up of because, you know, we're made from the dust of the earth and all that other stuff. That advanced understanding stuff is not going to be, you know, the, the Psalm 82, you know, have I not said ye are gods, you are children of the Most High, but you shall die like men. That's my realm. It's but I will tell you, there are people out there that get it. And Stephen Ben Noon is one of them. He gets it. But his calling in Christ is to focus on his calling, which is Israeli News Live. Praise Jesus. But yeah, you, you get the two of us on the phone and man, we don't we're going at it. <laughs> Okay, he knows a lot of stuff, folks. So, um, and I also wanted to share with you, um, if you're interested and you ever get bored, um, Brother Frank, thank you, Brother Frank, thank you, Brother Frank, God bless you. Um, You can go to, and let me see if I can find it, you can go to um, YouTube and you can search on, it's all one word, by the way, it's all one word, okay? And it's the one word is Tribulation Now Radio. So smush it all together into one word, Tribulation Now Radio, and search on it. Brother Frank was kind enough to point out to me it's loaded, jam-packed with thousands of radio shows that Brother Jimmy out of Scotland uh, and he needs prayer, his uh, sister Catherine, um, for their baby. So if you want to lift him up, praise Jesus. Uh, we're all praying for one another. Um, uh, and I'm praying for you. I assure you, I'm praying for you. That, you know, I assure you. I assure you, I am praying for you. But anyway, if you put Tribulation Now Radio, one word, into YouTube, there are radio shows that go back in time. A long, 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 long time ago. As a matter of fact, according to Brother Frank, which I do not know, nor have I been able to confirm, uh, there is, there are radio shows that go, I mean, I found, believe it or not, I found the one, uh, with, um, Dr. David Jacobs on the alien human hybrids. Uh, there, there's all kinds of interesting stuff going way back in time. I mean, just so the, the word way cannot be bolded and emphasized and amplified enough. So if you ever get bored and you want to go back and into the uh, Wayback Machine and listen to some of the programs that uh, we did, you know, like in 2010 and stuff, uh, they're there. They're there. Um, and, uh, you know, now do uh, is it possible that you might get flagged by the evil Google Goblins uh, censorship machines and blow everything up? Yeah, but I'm like, whatever. If they cancel that channel and make it go away, it's not going to break my heart. You know, it's, it's, it, it isn't. Um, we're where we are right now because that's where God has brought us. But one thing is for sure, we definitely want to understand Kuala Lumpur, Malaysia. Peter, bro, God bless you. I know right where Kuala Lumpur is. Uh, as an extra-class amateur radio operator, I have, uh, as you might imagine, I have world maps, and I like talking to different places around the world. Now, I haven't been able to do it lately 
because of stuff. I won't get into it. But um, greetings, Peter. God bless you, brother. Thank you for emailing me. Um, thank you. I'm seeing it in real time. But anyway, um, so again, Tribulation Now Radio, it's one word, on YouTube. Like I said, I don't know how long, much longer it's going to ex- exist, but it it's a, like a Wayback Machine for stuff, you know, if, you, if you're interested. Also, tonight we have uh, Sister Jessie joining us. Um, what we will almost certainly do is uh, be blessed, of course, by her awesome testimony, which, um, it, you know, Sister Nancy handles all that. I, when the, when the uh, guests come on the program, uh, they are, um, I don't know what they're going to talk about. You know, when, you know, now when it's somebody like Stephen Ben Noon, I do. Okay, I've known Stephen for like ever. Okay, uh, just like with you know Joy Jeffries Pugh, Brother Zen Garcia, a lot of the old Zen Garcia programs that we did about you know the early uh, you know the Enki stuff and uh, the Sumerians and you know that you know, all that evidently is on this Tribulation Now Radio YouTube channel, I guess. So, so you got to go way, way back, way back, 2010. I'm sorry, 2011, 2012, 2013. 2013 is probably a good year. All right, so I'm sharing all that with you just to let you know. The other thing I wanted to let you know is um, if you have Telegram, now I'm, so this is a warning and information, informational with a warning that goes with it. Warning graphic content, but there is a Telegram channel. One of them is entitled or called Middle East Spectator. Now that one isn't so gruesome. And it gives you blow-by-blow descriptions of the things that are happening over in Israel, right down to the number of tanks, how far they're progressing in Gaza, whether or not there's electricity, whether or not there's a hospital that's being targeted. So you get a lot of insider information, whether or not, you know, there's missiles or whatever firefighting going on over the Lebanese border in the north. So that's good. There's another channel uh, entitled Intel Space Republic. Now, I am going to warn you about that one. That one there, you're going to see stuff that you cannot unsee. It's called Intel Republic. You're going to see stuff that you can't unsee. And let me tell you what. It's going to deeply, deeply, deeply trouble you. Okay? So I'm warning you while I'm letting you know that it exists. Intel Republic, they are going to tell you, they're going to show you a lot of stuff that you're never going to hear through any other sources of the media, period. All right. So anyway, praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Let's go ahead. Kids, are you ready? All right. And yes, I'm seeing the time. Oh, and for anybody who wants to listen to the radio show that I did with Brother Stephen Ben Noon, um, I put it on tribulationnow.com. So it's one word, tribulationnow.com. Or you can type in tribulation-now.org, which is the official name, but tribulationnow.com will take you there. And I put the radio show there. Now, as long as it exists and the Google Google goblins don't take it down, um, which they could, um, I tried really hard while I was on the program and, uh, you know, not to use lingo words and, you know, that would get uh, Stephen's channel in trouble. I tried really hard. 
Okay. Um, but anyway, I think it went off really good. I got a lot of positive feedback. Uh, I had people sending me snapshots of the comments, the positive comments. And, it, you know, I, okay, I bawled like a baby. Let me just go ahead and say it. All right. I, I cried. Uh, now, I didn't cry heaving tears, but tears did come to my eyes. Let me tell you, this is not, this is a thankless job. <laughs> Okay, Um, you know, I'm not boohooing on your shoulders, but this is definitely a bit of a thankless job. All right. So, you know, between the Wednesday show, the Stephen Ben Noon program, which he took live, I did not anticipate that. I thought he was going to record it. So I was totally surprised that we went live. Um, And uh, between Wednesday show, Stephen show and the Friday night prayer vigil, I spent more than 18 hours sitting on my Terrier <laughs> in my office, okay, and now here I am. I got one day off, and I'm back in it, doing it again. The the great thing about though on Sundays is that I do get to spend some time, uh, you know, relaxing and stuff. You know, praise God. But uh, anyway, it's it, you know. So anyway, thank you all. God bless you all. Thank you for your kind words. Thank you, kids, for being a part of the program, right, kids? <laughs> And, yes, there is going to be a whole lot of stuff that I'm going to have to share, um, uh, you know, uh, uh, post-guest, which is, which is fine. It works out really well. Um, and uh, we'll be bringing Sister Jessie on uh, in four minutes. So uh, I chattered away a bunch of times. Kids, what? I, I chattered away a lot of time. But, I, you know, what, what can I say? I, the clock flies, folks. It, it just flies. And I wanted to paint out the picture for you. I thought it was so important to help everybody to understand that it's what we don't see. That's the spooky, scary, horrific stuff that is going to sneak up on people real bad. It's going to be horrible. And we are very blessed to be aware of it. And we have to learn to keep our minds stayed on things above, which is why Sister Nancy is going to find more people that have been taken to heaven. We're going to find it. We're going to find it. I know that we will. I disbelieve it because we need more heaven. (laughs) Okay? Don't we, kids? We need more heaven. All right, kids. Kids, what do you sing to a kangaroo once a year? What are you using to a kangaroo once a year, kids? Happy birthday. <laughs> right? <laughs> well, come on. You know, it's a kangaroo. Happy birthday, right? Okay. Thank you, Spanky, for not lifting up your little cue cards there. Um, kids, kids, why do bir- – these are two kangaroo jokes in a, in, in a row, so hang in there for me. Why do birthdays make kangaroos unhappy? And by the way, this – you know, for those of you listening in New Zealand, I don't know. Do you have kangaroos in New Zealand? I know you do over in uh, Down Under. Uh, but anyway, uh, so why do birthdays make kangaroos unhappy? They only get to celebrate them in leap years. <laughs> ah, leap years, kids. Kangaroos. Right? I know. Thank you, kids, for being kind, because I know too many kangaroo jokes can bum, bum a kid out. Of but ice cream for everybody, all right? How about that? I'm not above an ice, ice cream bribe now again. Okay, praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. We need to hear happy kids cheering with all the weird, creepy weirdness going on across the world. Okay, kids, what do you call a fish without an eye? What do you call a fish without an eye? 
a a <laughs> right kids and fish without an eye. Okay. All right. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. And on that note, and um, oh, also, Sister Nancy, if you do get a chance to listen to this program, I sure hope you do. And I I will try to text you this information as well. Um, If you would, please, let's go ahead and do like we did with Stephen. And we're going to from now on slide our guests back to the 830 mark. Um, Not tonight, not tonight, but in the future, let's go ahead and slide our guests back to the 830 p.m. mark east uh, on the east coast of the United States of Babylon the Great, um, because that'll give me more time to share all these wonderful doom-scrolling tidbits of information that uh, we also want to know about, kind of, sort of, well, maybe not, but, you know, we're supposed to watch and pray, and we're supposed to be wise as serpents. I know, you know, it, you know maybe if we lived in a different era... <laughs> It wouldn't be so (laughs) like it is today. But, you know, God, for some reason, our Heavenly Father chose us for the days that we're in right now. All right? Um, And I've heard from those who've been taken to heaven that, uh, you know, there are many there in heaven. Of course, they're praying for us. Thank you, Jesus, for that. Um, But uh, that are... That, were, that are kind of wishful that they could be here at the time that we're, you know, they want to be here with us. They, they know stuff we don't know. You know what I mean? We don't know what our future holds. So it puts us in a kind of a crummy position. You know, we have to squeeze the sponge of life to get that joy that we need to have uh, in Christ. And it's kind of hard because we're aware that we're standing in line for whatever. <laughs> That's why it's so important that we are all found worthy. So please, just for a second, before we bring on our blessed sister, Jessie, let's all just say this prayer together, okay? And this is in accordance with, I believe this. I believe the word. There's a reason why I walk around with laminated scriptures. I have so many laminated scriptures, you wouldn't believe it. Like I'm, sta- I'm staring at three a stack of three by five cards. It's way over an inch and a half thick, with five mil lamination on them. And I write them all by hand first. I don't like type them up or whatever. I write them by hand, the scriptures by hand, and then I run them through my. I actually bought a lamination machine, a real one. Uh, they're cheap. They're like super cheap, um, and uh, so I could laminate scriptures. But I got these little ones <clears throat> that fit into my pocket, and they're some of the ones that are the most dear to me. And one of them is Matthew eighteen nineteen, which I read all the time, where Jesus said, Again, I say to you, if two of you agree on earth, that, do you know what planet we're on? I just want to double check. Does everybody that's listening to this program know what planet we're on right now? Now, if you are a holy watcher, as it says in, Dan- in the book of Daniel, then maybe you're not exactly sure. You've got to check your coordinates and maybe, you know, radio back to the starship or something. <laughs> I'm tongue-in-cheek, okay? But I'm just saying we all – so it says, if two of you agree on earth concerning anything, they ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. That's what Jesus said. Now, please do not expect instantaneous results. Remember that when you pray – we be all we all at that moment in time 
become Abraham. Or he was called Abram back then, but I'm just saying. God is looking for our faith. Our Father is looking for us to praise him and thank him and glorify him for the answer to those prayers long before we see the answer. And there are many of those, I have the quotes, of, you know, fellow leaders in the church. You know, some people call them generals or lieutenants of the church or whatever. Who cares? Who cares? The last will be first and the first will be last. Okay? But there are those that make it very clear. One of the sayings from one of them, I forget who, is that when we fail to continue to praise God and to continue to pray for the things that we're asking for, when we stop, at the very moment that we stop having faith that we're going to receive that pra- the answer to that prayer, the, the witticism associated with that is that we stop just before we would have received the answer to the prayer. And then we forfeit the answer to the prayer. That's a bummer. So never, please read Luke Luke chapter 13, the parable of the persistent widow, okay? Because it's all about this lady who won't stop bugging a very unjust judge. She's like, judge, judge, I need you to do honor. I need you to make set things straight. I mean, I've been wrong, judge. I need you to do this. I need you to do that. Come on, judge. Come on, judge. Buggy, 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 squeaky. I call it the squeaky. The squeaky wheel gets the oil parable. That's what I like to call it. The point that Jesus makes in that parable is that we need to be squeaky wheels about the things that we're asking for. People out there that think you just ask once and that it's an it's a act of, you know, a lack of faith that would cause us to continue to pray, they don't understand their scripture. And it's okay. I mean, people just don't get stuff. And I understand that. But my And there's levels of Christianity, levels of walk, levels of sanctification. Not everybody is at the same level. Okay? That's important for us to know. And we need to love each other where we're at and praise Jesus for the blessings that we have while we're going through our fiery trials. Thank you, Lord. Okay, but at the same time, it's important to note that when you you never want to stop, read Luke 18 because the 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 wrap up of Luke 18 is basically, look, if if that widow, that persistent widow who continued to bug 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 the bad judge got what she wanted from that judge, which was an answer, the 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 uh, parable's conclusion is how much more so will our Father who loves us give us what we're asking for? So please, in the name of Jesus, just join me in this prayer. Father, given all that we are suffering, given all the fiery trials that we're going through, given all the understandings of the days that we're in and, and the trials and tribulations, Father, we pray, please find us all Count us. Count us. I love that word. I love that choice of word. Count us all worthy, Lord Jesus, to escape all these things that are about to come upon the earth and stand before you. And we know where. At the wedding supper of the Lamb. We so want to be there. We thank you, Lord. And teach us, please, to stand on holy ground, pray for one another, pray for the lost, and be who you want us to be while we're still here and to bless you 
In Jesus' name we pray and thank you. Amen. Now let's go ahead and bring on Sister Jessie. Hallelujah. Here we go. Hallelujah. Sister Jessie, are you there? I am. Can you hear me all right? I can hear you wonderfully. You sound awesome. Praise God. Thank you for joining us tonight. Yeah, you're welcome. Thanks for having me on. Uh, it's a blessing. We're, 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 uh, I'm very much lo- uh, super happy that you, you're taking the time to join us and to share your testimony. And um, on that note, the way that we like to work here is kind of like a, an electronic Ecclesia, or gathering of the believers, um, you know, and uh, so like if you were in a church, the pastor would say, hey, here's Sister Jessie. She's got this awesome testimony she's going to share with all y'all, and I'm just going to go ahead and grab my virtual folding chair, and I'm going to go virtually fold it into the back of, you know, back of the behind the stage or whatever, and, you, and I'm just going to hand the microphone over to you and allow you to just, you know... Uh-huh. Uh, Share your testimony with the listeners. So at, on that note, thank you for joining us. God bless you, and the microphone yeah. is all yours. All right. Thanks. Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give a reference, um, a couple of references first, if people would like. Um, I'm going to have to really give a very brief version tonight uh, just because of the time, but people, if they want to hear more of my story, I uh, can see that on my website, which is kingdomlivingwithjesse.com. And if you want to see, like, the legal side of my testimony, which is where I'm going to get into tonight, um, the best place to view that is on timothycharlesholmseth.com. So with that in mind, um, where my story the really last... begins is just – I'm oh, sorry to interrupt. Because if I don't, I'm going to get like untold numbers of emails. The last URL, the last website that you just shared, I did not copy it. Can you share that a little bit slower so the listeners can write it down? Uh, because uh, believe you me, they like yes. to, they really do like to go there. So what was that again? Yes. Timothy Charles Holmseth, H O L M. Um, M-S-E-T-C-H dot com. Timothy's? How do I spell that first Tim- word? Uh, Timothy, it's a name. T-I-M-O-T-H-Y. <laughs> gotcha, Timothy. Charles. And I, I'm writing it out. So Timothy. Charles. Holmesseth. Charles. Charles, so Timothy Charles Home, did you say H-O-M-E? Um, it would be H-O-L-M and then S-E-T-H dot com. Okay, so folks, Timothy Charles H-O-L-M-S-E-T-H dot com. Timothy Charles H-O-L-M. S-E-T-H dot com. Okay, so I just wanted to make sure I got that because, you know, the number one thing that we have when we have guests, praise God and thank you for joining us again, is people will like 
Johnny, I need to get her. Can you get that URL again? And, you know, it's like, <laughs> I'm like going, I don't know if yep. she wants me like giving out her phone number or whatever. You know what I mean? So anyway, yep. thank you so much for that. And God bless you. The mic is all yours. Thank you. All right. Thank you. Yeah. So really my story begins with the, you know, the foreknowledge and the power of God and, and his foresight. Um, I was born into, you know, two families that I would have thought were pretty regular. Um, both of them claimed to be, you know, from a type of Christian background. I had my dad's side that were Lutheran and, you know, they went to church, I guess I'd say regularly for Lutherans. Um, usually that was um, on the ho- holidays and then, you know, periodically when they chose to. And I like to tease that, you know, being Scandinavian, the only thing they ever re- really religiously did was uh, go fishing. So strong fishermen in the family, and that usually is what our weekends consisted of. And then my mom's side, uh, we're strong, devout, Jesuit Catholic. And, um, you know, for me, I thought that was pretty normal. And um, growing up in a Christian home, really where the shift began to happen in God's foreknowledge was when I was two and our house pipes froze and we ended up moving in with one of my dad's relatives who began to take us to their Baptist church. And I can remember, you know, at age two being the only child in the nursery there. And there was this little Mexican woman named Lily and Lily was not the type of, you know, Christian lady where she would, um, you know, water down the gospel or biblical things uh, just because I was little. She literally, you know, the first day I went into that nursery, she sat me down in her lap. She opened up a Bible across our laps, and she began to read to me from the book of John. And I can remember, you know, my first time hearing those words, my heart leaped, and I knew they were true. And, you know, she began to just really teach me through reading scripture um, every week. And she would teach me lots of Bible songs. And, you know, someday she'll know how vital that was to my, to the next part of my story that I'm sharing. But um, that really became my lifeline in faith. And uh, at age three, uh, my mother came to the Lord through that church and um, then asked me if I wanted to um, ask the Lord Jesus Christ into my heart and ask him to forgive my sins. And I said, yes. So at age three is when I came into a relationship with the Lord. And that was vital to the next part of my story because, you know, at age um, four and a half, uh, we had to move in with my mother's side of the family. And, you know, although everything on the outside appeared good, they had a form of godliness through the Jesuit Catholic Church. Really, they were not they were not followers of God at all. Um, they were part of what I call the Luciferian Brotherhood or um, another name they go by is, uh, you know, all sorts, the Illuminati, the Great White Brotherhood, uh, the Cabal, um, you know, and what did they do? They worshipped Lucifer. So that was the side of the family that I was born into and um, at a young age, I was chosen uh, to carry on a high-level position within that system. And at age four and a half, I began my training. Now, in the Luciferian Brotherhood, I like to give people a little bit of background about 
the structure because I like to refer to it as a system. Um, the system likes people to believe that it's all these separate little, you know, secret societies or different little religions, but really it's one and it operates as one system. And, um, you know, if you think of a triangle up at the very, very top of that triangle, you have five women that are called the five mothers of darkness. Um, that was the position that I was chosen for and that one of my family members held. Underneath those five women, um, you have what we consider the kind of like the board of directors or the CEOs uh, for the system, and, and that's the Satanic or the Druidic Council. They also are called the Galactic Federation, the Federation Alliance, uh, the Global Alliance, the World Governing Council. So they have a lot of different names, and within that council, you have 300 main seats, and those seats are held by bloodline families, uh, world leaders, uh, financial people, um, you know, people who are kind of connected to big businesses and um, universities. So those are the main 300 seats. And then kind of to the side, you have what they call the special chamber councils. And those are going to be like the Council of um, Five, the Council of Seven, the Council of Nine, the Council of Thirteen, and the Council of Twenty-One. And, um, you know, those individuals, if there's a issue in the Council that can't be solved within that quadrant, then those special chambers are going to be called to resolve that issue. Now, underneath the Council, you begin to see um, how the system is operating both internationally as well as within the United States. So each of those council members are going to be assigned to a quadrant, whether that's international or a quadrant within the United States. And their job is going to be to work with a grand high priest or priestess in those areas and um, they're going to, you know, give those people kind of the agendas, the directions for that quadrant. So those grand high priests and priestesses um, are going to, you know, begin to govern their quadrant. And they're going to be in charge of um, high priests or priestesses, and those individuals are going to be chosen to um, oversee regions within uh, those quadrants. So, like, if you just think about, you know, the northern part of the United States, um, you know, that's going to be broken down into regions. So, you know, each of those grand high priests or priestesses are going to oversee some of those regions, and then you'll have a high priest or priestess who's going to specifically be in charge of just two of those regions within that quadrant. Now, those high priests and priestesses, they're going to be in charge of the departments uh, within their regions. And those there are five departments um, that they oversee, and those are um, the Masons, the Mormons, the Jesuit Catholics, um, the Satanists, and the Kabbalah. So those departments are going to be in charge of the system's assets, and they have two assets. First, you have the hierarchy children, 
So those are going to be, you know, children that are bloodline um, that are chosen for a position within the system. It, it doesn't have to be a high position. It, it could be anything. It could be, you know, that they're chosen to be the secretary of the Catholic Church or they're chosen to, you know, keep a car wash going. Um, it doesn't matter what it is. It's just that they're chosen somehow to help keep the system going and they're trained for those positions. Um, so not all of those children um, are what we call MK Ultred, um, but every child within who's considered hierarchy will go through some sort of training or a program um, that will be based on their position that they're chosen for. Now the next group of children are what they consider the expendable children. And those are children that are just pure assets within that system. And, um, you know, they're going to be the children that first, um, they're going to bring the system money through sexual exploitation. Uh, so they'll use that child until they can't be used anymore. Then they will offer high-level members um, the right to purchase that child's death, uh, which means that they're going to purchase the child um, to be ritually killed or cannibalized or both. Um, after that, um, those members are going to pay more money to turn that child into a diamond or multiple diamonds. And they're going to either be able to keep that diamond as a trophy or they're going to sell it on the black market to be used in sexual magic. Now, after um, the remains are turned into a diamond, whatever ashes or remains are left, um, those are going to be cursed by the covens that are in that quadrant. And they're going to be sold to our food companies as well as our pharmacia to be filler um, within food products or within medications, um, and they'll profit off the child that way. Now, I know people's first thought is, oh my gosh, did you really just say that? And, you know, what's safe and what's not safe? You know, it's it's really hard because it's so vast that there isn't a way to tell, you know, been tainted and what hasn't. So what I encourage people is, you know, is to walk in faith. We serve a God that um, can turn the water into wine, you know, and I certainly believe that he can turn um, our food and our water, our medications into things that are good for us and not, um, you know, bad for our body. So what the enemy has purposed for evil, I believe God can use for our good. Um, but I encourage people to pray over that before they consume. Now, the other major thing to keep in mind as you um, are thinking about this Luciferian Brotherhood is that they also are Nazis um, at the highest level and connected to, um, you know, the Nazis both government-wise as well as military-wise. And um, one of, you know, the main individuals in my life uh, that was involved with my training and um, my raising up in the Luciferian Brotherhood was a Nazi by the name of Michael Carcock. And he was the Legion of Defense leader for Adolf Hitler. Um, people can look him up. He has now passed away. 
but um, his job was to oversee my training, which some of it connected to um, the sovereign military and the U.S. military here in the United States. So as I was chosen for my position, um, then I began training, and that training, part of it within the U.S. military and some of their programs. Uh, The first program I was introduced to is called The Looking Glass, and these programs were um, run by Major one major individual that was Colonel Michael Aquino, who headed up uh, the U.S. military's Department of Defense. The other individual who was highly involved um, that Carcock had trained is uh, our um, secretary, of, or I'll just say the head of the CIA and intelligence, uh, which was John O'Brennan. Um, he had put Carcock put Michael Aquino in charge of programs that were run in the Western Quadrants, and John Brennan was in charge of things that were run in the Eastern Quadrants. Um, so the first program I was introduced to was the Looking Glass, and in that program, uh, they will they select a couple other children to be trained with you, and um, you begin to have visions as you are looking into the Looking Glass. And each of those children would, you know, see things maybe a little differently. Um, I was, you know, a child that I would always see the end picture or have visions of the end picture for the things that we saw. Um, My training partner, who was one of the little boys in these experiments with me, he would see the end result, or I'm sorry, he would see step by step leading up to the end result. And with that, um, he would always see, like, what were the consequences of each step. And then we had another little boy with us who would always just see step by step. So, you know, after we would um, see these visions and stuff, um, the Army would or the military would document and what they called biofeedback. So we would have to, you know, word for word, tell them what we saw or what we experienced, what we heard. And they began to, you know, document all of these children's visions and experiences trying to, you know, get a timeline for events that would happen in the future. And, um, you know, they would kind of use the three different ways that the children saw as a confirmation you know, they would see, okay, if this is what's going to happen because, you know, this is what the kids are telling us and these are the steps leading up to that event, you know, if these are the consequences, then where along the way can we change steps to maybe get a different result? So they would use the biofeedback to try to manipulate time and manipulate events. Now, interestingly enough, um, they've only been able to see up to 2024 And after that, um, there have been no visions. Nobody has seen anything different because, you know, what does Scripture tell us in the book of Revelation that, you know, God has ordained the end times. And so that's what's going to fold out. Um, So kind of interesting. So after the looking glass, we went into the next project, which was called Star Wars Now. And in that project, 
they begin to teach us how to use and how to operate spiritual gates. Now, the spiritual gates are the floodgates that Scripture talks about in the book of Genesis and several other places. Um, In the Psalms, King David talks about them, um, you know, enter his gates with thanksgiving in your heart, enter his courts with praise. Um, Those floodgates originally were filled with water, and that water was released. You know, you can read about that in Genesis 6. Um, when God sent the flood upon the earth in Noah's days, um, particularly because of the Nephilim and because of the evil and the wickedness in people's hearts. And it says that, you know, during those days that the fallen ones had come and were mating with the women on the earth. Uh, They were teaching those women witchcraft, sorcery, divination, and all sorts of evil. And it says that, you know, their thoughts continuously Uh, were evil and because of that you know the Lord found only you know eight people righteous that was Noah his sons and their wives and God saved just those eight Um, the rest he sent the flood against so um, so it's kind of interesting when you look back at um, the spiritual gates and how they work how they operate but um, they operate off a song and so that includes sound, frequency, light, um, and that's, you know, what they taught us how to use. Um, I talk about it in some of my courses. Um, I have one of my courses, the Foundations of Kingdom Living and the Rise of the Righteous, and I talk about how the spiritual gates, um, the major ones, operate um, vertically as well as horizontally. So that means, you know, vertically, if you were to think of you know kind of the earth and you were to think of like you know a chess board a 5d chess board you have a couple chess boards above where earth would be and you have a couple below where it would be those would be the the heavenly realms and then the lower realms and so you know with those spiritual gates operating vertically that means that you could access the heavenly realms as well as the lower realms Um, They also, within each of their planes, operate horizontally. Uh, So that means that they, you know, you have one gate that would be a point A, and it could take you to point B or point C or point D. Um, They can have many different access points um, horizontally. So the system will use those um, spiritual gates to get around Um, from different places and, you know, have pretty much monopolized those for travel by securing the spiritual gates, um, you know, or also they built military locations where those gates were so that no one else could access those. So I testify about that in my affidavits. Um, The third project that I was involved in was called the Voice of God Project. And in that project, it's all about the end time events that the system uh, saw both biblically as well as through the visions um, that children had that were meant to occur. And, you know, that the bulk of that program is about, you know, the last days and about ushering in the Antichrist. Um, so those were the three programs. Now, 
at age 10, uh, the Lord delivered me out of the system. Um, I was fully trained for my position. Um, but one day at age 10, I was at a family funeral. And as I turned to walk back to our family car, the Lord just very clearly said to me, I've, I've, um, de- you know, I've delivered you from them. I've re- released you from them. And in that moment when he gave that release, it was like this wedge just came down from heaven and there was a separation there, you know, where I knew that um, they no longer had power or authority over me or over my life. And, um, you know, during that time, the Lord uh, really kind of ministered to me because I had nobody else that really understood what I had just lived through, that, you know, being in that system, not only did I experience um, abuses and crimes being committed against me by the Luciferian Brotherhood and the U.S. military, as well as the sovereign military, um, you know, but I had survived so much stuff. Um, You know, it included seeing things where, you know, I witnessed, um, children being raped, uh, murdered, cannibalized, uh, tortured. Um, and within that, you know, there was really nobody around me that, that would listen. And at that young age, I began, you know, even before that, I began to try to tell everybody I knew who wasn't in the system what was happening. Um, But it seemed like nobody, you know, would listen. Usually I never even got out more than a few words. You know, I would say, my family is in the occult. My family kills babies. And immediately I would be shut up. People did not want to hear anymore, nor did they want to believe it. And this came from, you know, people that I I believed were good Christians. Um, You know, they believed in a devil. They believed in spiritual warfare. But I think they just, you know, they they would believe that, you know, that type of stuff, that warfare and occult things happened in other countries. But what they didn't really want to address was that it was happening here in our country and that I was one of those children that was experiencing that, you know, and that it was happening even within the church. Uh, they didn't want to, excuse me, believe that. So, um so with that, you know, as the Lord delivered me out, um, because I had nobody really who understood what I had gone through, um, he began to, you know, bring me that the deliverance that I needed as well as um, the leadership and the guidance, the discipleship that I needed um, through some books in the library. And um, our church happened to have a lot of missionary books. Um and it was one of the first books I grabbed was by a woman named Corey Ten Boom, who also had dealt with Nazis. And she had, her and her family were Dutch clockmakers, and they had been imprisoned because of, um, because they had helped hide Jews during the uh, World War. And so she was the first person the Lord used to kind of disciple me and, um, you know, just really spoke to me about 
the truth about what she had suffered with the same people, same group of people that I had been dealing with. Um, he began to give me other missionary books to read, and I just would read all that I could. On top of that, um, we had our church had an Awanas program. And I don't know if people are familiar with Awanas, but it's a kids program that's focused on memorizing scripture. And uh, you just kind of, each week you memorize verses, you have to repeat them back to your teachers, and you kind of just keep advancing the more you memorize and the more you read. And it was through that program that I just, I really fell in love with the Word of God, and I just, you know, took in as much as I could and um, really, you know, got into reading scripture on a regular basis and seeking the Lord to know and understand it. So those were things that, you know, as I was going through all that, uh, growing my faith, um, I also was dealing with spiritual warfare. Um, We had moved into a home that was not far from the witch's grove. And uh, because the Lord had delivered me out, um, had sent witches to target me on a regular basis. Um, so I would, you know, be getting weird things at night where, you know, I'd get attacked in my sleep by spirits, whether it was, um, you know, active demonic spirits or uh, these witches astral projecting in to attack. And the Lord just kept showing me, um, you know, how to rebuke, how to stand firm, how to, um, you know, go against those attacks that were coming against me. So, um, you know, as time went by, uh, he just continued to grow my faith and grow um, my knowledge in the area of spiritual warfare and in regards to his word. Um, It ended up, you know, I had been interested in studying to be a, a doctor, a surgeon, and I had started a program for that through high school through some connections I had with one of my teachers there as I got into, you know, the end of my high school years and early college years. Uh, But as I, you know, began seeking to go into that medical field, um, the Lord very mightily called me out. And um, he ended up um, bringing me to a bottle college. And there um, I had to have an internship. And couldn't find anything with the evangelist. I was really drawn to evangelism and had done a lot of uh, street evangelism through my high school years. Um, But oddly enough, there wasn't any evangelist in my area available. So I ended up um, doing my internship um, in my undergrad work with one of the local chaplains at the hospital. And from day one, that chaplain kept telling me, you know, you were meant to be a chaplain. You need to, you know, get your Masters of Divinity, go into this. Um, you know, this is what God's calling you to. And so after my undergrad, I did end up uh, going into seminary and uh, worked my way through that. And as I graduated, um, the Lord began to put me in jobs um different hospital settings where I was working as a chaplain. Um, The first was at the VA hospital, and then from there um, I did another residency program uh, where um, 
I studied and worked with uh, high-level ICUs as well as trauma, uh, mental health wards, and um, the burn unit, as well as the NICU. And so, you know, I loved that. I got into hospice as well. Um, But from there, the Lord really started calling me into kind of community chaplaincy um, because, you know, I realized that there was kind of a a lapse between those who were receiving spiritual care through the hospital setting and those um, who would leave those environments but still have issues within their own community. So as I got into uh, community chaplaincy, I was working with a shelter in our area, and I would processing classes uh, for their members um, weekly. And it was one of the days uh, where I was headed, you know, to processing class. And before the class, uh, we would always have a bus that went out, and we would pick up people that were coming from the community to the shelter. And I would like to, you know, I like to ride that bus and and meet people as they came on. So I was riding the bus to help pick up people. And as I did, the Lord just clearly said to me, you will share your testimony. And up until that point, you know, really there had been nobody who had heard the full extent of my testimony. Um, there were people who had heard pieces, um, which pretty much just revolved around, yes, the occult is real in America, but not the depths or the fullness of my testimony. And so I knew when the Lord was saying that, that, um, you know, there was a struggle with that because, you know, the danger was that if I were to tell my story in full, you know, there was the threat that was very real that the Brotherhood and the sovereign military um, would come and kill my children and my whole family as well as, you know, possibly torture me and kill me. And I said, you know, Lord, I understand that you're not just saying, you know, that I'm going to give the watered-down version of my story, but that you want me to share the depth of the evils that I have experienced. And, you know, Lord, there's a danger in that. They'll, They'll kill my family in front of my face. And so I'm willing to do it, but I'm just going to ask for your hedge of protection in that. And as I got done asking that, the Lord was very clear to me. Um, He said immediately, no, you shall do it in front of their faces. And I knew in that moment that I had to make a choice. Um, You know, was I willing, knowing the cost, um, even if it was just for one other child that was still stuck in that system, was I willing to give my testimony? And, I, you know, there was really no way to say no because if I didn't speak out about it, who would? Um, So I said, okay, Lord, you know, I'll do it. And from that point on, the Lord began to um, pave that way for me to give my testimony, both federally as well as to begin giving it publicly um, through different uh, platforms on YouTube and Rubble and Bashoot. Um, The Lord began to place people in my life that um, gave me a platform to share that testimony. And, um, you know, at first when he provided the first federal contact, 
you know, they said, well, we need something tangible. We need to, you know, be able to have something um, that we can convict off of. And it was like, oh boy, you know, like I don't, I don't have a way to give you knowledge of where bodies are buried because, quite frankly, these people don't bury bodies. You know, they. It's like look at all the ways they dispose of one child. You know, they cannibalize them, they ritually kill them, they turn them into diamonds, they sell their ashes to the food companies, the pharmacia. And I, I left that conversation that night and just cried out to the Lord and I said, Lord. I don't have anything tangible to give them. I don't have all these addresses or locations or place, places where I can say because this group moves. They, you know, within those quadrants, within the regions, they're constantly rotating. Um, part of that is so they can't be caught. And I don't have a body that I can turn over. So what do I have to give? And, and the Lord said, you do. You do have evidence. And he reminded me of all the ritual walls that were underground. Um, what they have under some of their main training centers are these walls that uh, they have built uh, centuries ago. So even before America became a country, um, the Templars had come through. They had began to build up the underground. And um, in that, they they made these ritual walls that... Uh, when a child who's born into the system is it turns age five, um, that is when their handprint will be placed on that wall, um, which is part of the quantum currency of the system. Um, but their handprint is on in blood on that wall, and so the Lord allowed me to turn in several of those locations. Um, which have the handprints, like I said, of all of those who are born into the Luciferian Brotherhood. So over 200 years worth of handprints are on these walls. Um, so that was the big evidence that I turned in, as well as the names of uh, politicians, governmental leaders, um, high-named people, um, who I was aware of who were in the Luciferian Brotherhood, whose handprints were on those walls and the locations where. So um, that began, you know, my testimony. It then was a couple years later where I was asked to put my testimony into affidavit form. Um, so th those affidavits uh, you can find on Um But that's, that is it in the quickest nutshell I can put it all into. Oh, okay. Well, praise God. <laughs> uh, that is. I'll, I'll leave it open. I'll give a few minutes for questions or clarifications if oh. you have any. Oh, no. no. No, I'm sorry. No. So, okay, that's my fault. My bad. Point the finger at me and spank, spank, slap me upside the head. Uh, but, um, but anyway, uh, yeah, we don't, um, this program is broadcast only. So we don't have okay. like, uh, all in lines and things like that. We, um, we, we have lot. So right now we're live. 
we're being heard worldwide. I get um, that. Then afterward, afterward, about 20 minutes after the show's over, the system, so it's all hosted. It's hosted by a company up in New York City called Blog Talk Radio. It's also owned by a company called Cinchcast. So anyway, what happens is I'm actually located down here in Tampa, Florida. And then I, I, so when I set up the program, I actually go on to this hosted site and type everything in, <laughs> okay, <laughs> and then um, and then I log into the program and do the program remotely from down here. Um, so, and it's a beautiful thing because I can travel and go do different things that I have to do and stuff, and I can still host the program. Uh, so it works out real beautifully it, as opposed to like if I was doing YouTube, I would, it, it, there's a whole lot of other things you have to go through, and, and plus YouTube censors. So that's, that's a problem. This program does not censor. So that's a beautiful thing. Gotcha. But um, wow, what an amazing testimony. Very, very deep and not – that, believe it or not, what you shared is not an unfamiliar group of concepts for this listening audience. Um, th- this <laughs> listening audience is very – yeah, and so, wow, what a blessing – um, and spooky and scary at the same time because, uh, you know, we're very familiar – with satanic ritual abuse, disassociative identity disorder, the uh, techniques that are used, adrenal chrome, why, um, all the evil that's associated with it. We, you know, we've, yeah. So it's, uh, so what, you know, the different concepts and everything that you were sharing with folks, um, we're really familiar. We've had um, uh, people that specialize in deliverance of SRIDID victims, um, such as Douglas Riggs. Now he's... Yep, Douglas Riggs, he's no longer with us, uh, but uh, Danny Duvall, who is uh, the head mm-hmm. guy of Bride Ministries. And, yeah, uh, he's, I'm familiar with you know, him. And yeah, yeah, I, I can call yeah, him up right now. I to bring I mean, that I, out, but since you were talking about that, I actually did one of the books in the library that the Lord used to walk me through deliverance uh, was The Bondage Breaker by Neil T. Anderson. So I went through that oh. at a very young age and then again – like around age 13 and 15. And I got to go to one of his conferences when I was 13. Um, But the Lord used that to walk me through some of the initial stuff. So I'm very familiar with um, people like him and Dan Duvall and stuff and very much needed. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, that's a, yeah, there's a, there's a handful. Now we, like I said, we lost Doug Riggs. Uh, unfortunately, he, he became a victim of the whole pandemic thing. Um, and then also, for some reason, I don't know why, it may be just, you know, age and retirement, but um, Dr. Uh, oh, now I'm having a brain bramage moment. Um, I'll just go ahead and leave leave that a brain bramage moment. There's a there's a uh, person that used to work as a partner with Danny Duvall in Bride Ministries, and uh, he he operates out of St. Petersburg, which is near nearby me. And um, yeah, I I was almost killed by a uh, uh, an SRADID person who was uh, programmed for the purpose of uh, eliminating me. <laughs> <laughs> I, wow. I laughed. So you've been oh, through the ringer, I, too. 
Oh no, yeah, no. I've I've been oh boy, oh boy, oh boy, oh boy. Yeah, no, I I I remember that particular night four police cars in the front of my house, one uh EMT vehicle. It was uh yeah. That was uh, that. Yep. As a matter of fact, um, now, you know, I understand spiritual warfare and normally I would be able to take control of the situation. The problem is the attack came at one o'clock in the morning while I was asleep. So that, you know, when you're caught off guard like that, you it's not like you're going to jump up in your bed and go in the name of Jesus, I bind and cast you into the bed. How dare you? You know, you don't think like that when you're asleep at (laughs) one o'clock in the morning. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> no, you don't. So your, whole, like, your own I'm thing like, is, oh my goodness, and it's all reactatory. <laughs> oh, it's total reaction, right? And I'm like, I'm holding this, you know, person who's completely in an alder. You know, they were in an altered state, and and it was trying to kill me. And I, I'm I'm holding the individual down while they're ripping the flesh off my face and blood, and ugh, it's just terrible, biting my finger in half, and. Uh, the whole deal, and I somehow there must have been an angel of the Lord holding the individual down at the time because, or helping me hold the individual down at the time because um, I was able to even with all the attack going on, take pick up my cell phone with my left hand, which had a finger half bitten off by that point, and dial nine one one, and and now you, 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 this is like right out of Amityville Horror. I mean, this is this is live wrestling, fingernails, blood, you know, this is happening in real time, and I'm like holding my phone up and dialing nine one one with my bleeding left hand, and I'm going. You know, I can hear like this tiny little voice because I don't, I can't put it up to my ear. I'm trying to defend myself. I want to stay alive here, you know. <laughs> and, <Right>. um, <laughs> and it's like I, I hear this tiny little voice go, nine one one, is your emergency? And I'm like going, I'm yelling and I'm going, she's killing me, she's killing me. <laughs> you <know>? Anyway. <laughs> um, well, they came pretty darn quick, and uh, long story short, um, uh, you know, in the altered state, the individual was out, uh, you know, because, uh, cause, you know, when they're in that altered state and the strongman demon has full control of that altar, their yeah, energy, their power, They're not there. <laughs> that, that I was picked up like a rag doll, twice the size of this individual, picked up like a rag doll and literally thrown down the stairs and my head was smashed into the uh, drywall. And I, I have a tin sign. I have uh, these funny tin signs. Uh, and one of the tin, tin signs is covering up the, uh, you know, because I had a contusion. I mean, you know, when they say it, I had a contusion on my head the size of a softball, let me tell you something. I got pictures to prove it. Okay. Wow. <laughs> the whole, you know, yeah. So it was, you know, and so then by the time I got down to the front yard, the alt- the altered state individual was telling the police that I attempted to kill her. Mm. And um, then, but when I walked out of the house with all the police lights going and everything, the officer in charge, and you know who that is, that's the one who's not talking to anybody. He's usually a pretty big person. Mm-hmm. The officer in charge looks over at me, sees the bl- <laughs> the blood everywhere and says arrest her <laughs> put her in the back of the car because the problem you know mm. people don't understand when they're in an altered state and they're programmed to take you out that 
that is, that is some power that the average yeah. individual eat. Yeah, you that yeah you're not you're not equipped unless you're on guard and you are ready to deal with that entity proactively. And you know, and I wasn't. It was a total surprise attack, and I was like, I- I'm just getting my butt whooped. It's a miracle mm-hmm. that I was able to dial that one. Total miracle. <laughs> so yep. I get everything. God was so good in that. I know. And it, I mean, it is intense the warfare, and yeah, that's that's what I lived through with the constant, you know, the horror of it, and the just relentless. <laughs> You know, even still, the warfare is relentless, you know, but in it, God is so good to every situation, you know, deliver deliver us out of that with such a mighty hand. And, um, you know, really it is learning to completely live by faith because there's no other way to live through those type of things. Well, gosh, you are so right. And And the Lord is still beating it into my head right now. A lot of us mm-hmm. were... Um, I, I try to explain. I think you'll relate to this. I know that you will. But the progression. So one of the things I, I I like to refer to this program as applied Christianity. It's just the phrase that I added. And the reason why I added, you know, I share that concept with the listeners is if you go to a church, you're not going to learn any of this stuff. Nope. They're not going to talk about it. Matter of fact, if they even mention the devil, it'll be a miracle. <laughs> They don't even know how the system works. (laughs) No, they have no idea. They they have no idea. As a matter of fact, I am not joking. This is for real. I I would never lie because liars will be cast in the lake of fire. Thank you very much for revelation. But the thing is, I I got a call. I'm not. I'm not embellishing. I'm not exaggerating. This is absolutely for real. It definitely, you know. And I'm. I live by myself, and I get this call on a Saturday night. And it's from a friend of mine. His, his name is Pastor. I'll, I'll just leave it, Pastor Aaron. And he was at a revival with uh, uh, Todd White in Orlando. And he's behind the curtain. Todd White's on the other side of the curtain, delivering people. And he's calling me up. It's a, it's you know, it's like I said, a random Saturday evening. And and my phone rings, and I pick it up, and he's like. Hey, John, hey, it's uh, Aaron. He goes, um, look, uh, things are happening. We're, a lot of people are getting delivered. Todd White's on the other side of the curtain. I just needed to call you because we got this woman. We can't get the devils out of her. And we, Everybody else is getting delivered, like left and right. It's amazing. People are going out in the spirit all over the place. But this one woman, we can't get the devils out of her. And I said, okay, here's why. <laughs> what you got is someone that's S-R-A-D-I-D, and the problem is you can't walk up to them and say, in the mighty name of Jesus, demons of death, get out, because you got mm-hmm. altars, and those altars, you don't know how many of them are there, and then you don't know how many demons are in each altar, which yeah. is why guys like Danny, and uh, I just remembered his name, Dr. Preston uh, 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 Bailey over in St. Pete. Now, like I said, he's not doing it right now. He's doing some other stuff. But anyway, Doug Riggs is another one. There's a, another uh, – I can't remember the name of the other pastor, but we've had a lot of – almost all of them on the show. But here's the thing. You can't it's, – it's a process. You know, it could take you years to get all the altars cleaned out. And then you have to, like, merge 
the broken soul rooms together into a normal functioning individual. You know what I mean? Because they're broken. But you know, well, I say, you know, I go, I go quite extensively into that. Um, how the system does the programming and layering um, the demonic attachments, and I do that in my uh, workshop and course, uh, beautifully adorned. Um, but in there, if anybody can look it up, I encourage you to look into, look at the um, Rosicrucian uh, layman. And it's a cross with a rose in it, and it has a lot of different colors. But that basically is their key code for how they program. And what they do first is, you know, the very inner core of that layer is that they attach people to four major Egyptian deities. Um, those deities are Ra, Set, O, and Ma, which Ma is just Ashtaroth. Um, next, based on where you react, um, you know, your base emotional reaction, not fear, because everybody reacts out of fear, but they'll take then, you know, when you have the trauma event happen, do you react in anger, do you get sad, or do you freeze? Now, how you react then, they connect you within a quadrant based on that reaction, to the major, one of the, or maybe it's several of the nine major principalities. Um, so I break down the names of those principalities. And then what happens is that those principalities oversee hosts of unclean spirits. So next, you know, why is it important to understand that Rosicrucian layman? Because you'll see these colors on there. Those colors are connected to uh, what they call the fa false glory and those unclean spirits. So they're connected to the seven deadly sins. So you have like red, you know, it's going to be lust, orange is wrath, uh, yellow is gluttony, you get blue, which is uh, greed, green, which is envy, and purple, which is pride. Okay. So based on that then begins how, you know, like that's, your reaction then is based on your how you're drawn to different uncleanness. And that's how they keep you in bondage. And at the core of Edo's um, entanglements, they build an altar. And what happens is that, you know, they'll put an idol on that altar, which means you're going to keep going back to worship at that place of sin. Yet, you know, when you want freedom from it, you'll rebuke the spirit that you don't deal with the altar. Like we leave the altars there because the church doesn't teach us how to deal with altars. Um, and we're talking altars with an A-R, not, not personal altars um, as in, you know, fragmented spirits and things like that. Right. So, yep. so when you think about it, like if you, if you think of like a file cabinet, like what we're talking about is that, you know, if it's a four-drawer file cabinet, each of those drawers is going to be connected to those Egyptian deities, which they don't even hardly, you know, nobody really even knows the principalities or their names or what they're connected to. So that makes it harder to get freedom as a survivor because you don't even know who to rebuke. Um, 
you know, you just deal with all the unclean spirits that you're dealing with, but you're not dealing with the principality that they set in charge over you. So that's part of the difficulty with survivors in getting the freedom. But what I teach is that, you know, we can have that complete freedom in Christ because he purchased that freedom for us by his blood. And, you know, his word says that he purchased us to be a kingdom of priests. Uh, His goal is not to leave survivors in that state of unhealth or unhealing, nor is it to leave us under the bondage of the enemy. He's called us to walk in the fullness of his authority, which means that we have the full authority of Christ. And what is the extent of that authority? We can heal the sick. We can raise the dead. We can cleanse the lepers and cast out demons. And he says, you shall do greater things than these. But how do we get from that point of, you know, being completely free from our bondage? Um, So, you know, I teach how the system does that layering. But at the core, you know, how do you get free? It's it's simply through confession of, of those sins and Yes. Asking the Lord to remove that those altars, those strongholds that the enemy has built, saying, Lord, you know, no longer am I going to be bound by lust. Pull the altar up, Jesus. Get rid of it. I don't want it. I'm not going to worship this spirit. I'm not going to worship at this place any longer. Get it out of my life, Lord. Set me free. You know, every altar that the enemy has built. Um, we can ask the Lord to destroy. And I teach people to do that. You know, I believe, how did the enemy get that altar, that stronghold placed in our lives in the first place? It's because of uncleanness and unrighteousness. And we know that only Jesus Christ can restore us to a place of right standing and righteousness. How do we do that? We do that by going to the courts of heaven, asking the Lord Remove that altar. I confess my sins. Now I'm divorcing myself from the enemy and asking you to tear this altar up, Lord. And I'm establishing an altar unto you, Jesus, in this place. Um, You know, let this be a testimony of the work that you've done in my life. No longer am I bound to that sin, to that lust, that wrath. You know, that gluttony, whatever it was, Lord, I'm not bound by it anymore because you have set me free. And as we begin to share that testimony, what does scripture say? You know, they overcame the evil one by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. So um, people can look into more into that through the beautifully adorned things or on kingdomlivingwithjesse.com. But I teach how to you know, have that freedom and how to walk in that authority that we've been given. Jesse.com. Let me try that out here. Make sure it comes up for me here. I'm waiting. Kingdomlivingwithjesse.com. Oh, I didn't get the first part. Okay, I want to do this because I know people are going to ask. So it's (laughs) kingdomlivingwithjesse.com. All right. Where's that? The Grand Tetons, huh? Is that the Grand Tetons? Beautiful. Yep. Um, but um, 
Yeah, folks, this is awesome. Uh, do I, I cannot more highly recommend because I, you know, I, I relate to every everything that Sister Jesse is sharing is 100% scriptural. As a matter of fact, you know, um, you know, Matthew 12, 20, 20, uh, 12, 28 through 30. But if I cast out demons by the Spirit of God, surely the kingdom of God has, God has come upon you. Or how can one enter a strong man's house and plunder his goods unless he first binds the strong man? Then he will plunder his house. So her calling out these these principalities and these altars are vital because in you know if we were to do it in the order that Jesus told us to do it in you know Matthew 12 uh you know then it would be a much more orderly process and because if you don't do it the right way the dagnabbit things are going to come back <laughs> okay well, so, and it's a hierarchy structure you know it's like yeah, yeah. i as a child i watched witches and warlocks that you know i mean they would spend all day sometimes weeks like battling these hordes of unclean spirits and it would just waste their time their energy and i would sit and watch as the principality would stand there and do nothing and it was like you know why did they not just take off the principality because once the head of the army goes, everything else that's underneath him has to go too. They're not going to stay and harass you if their main principality goes because they know where is Christ going to subject them under his feet. You know, they're only there because they have the legal grounds because the principality yes. has brought forward the legal ground, right? But when yes. we remove the legal no ground, more. they... Yeah. They have nothing yeah. to stand on. You know? Amen. Which is, which is uh, you know, one of the things I, I try to, you know, help people understand. We do a Friday night prayer vigil with a lot of spiritual warfare. But, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do, are the strongest spiritual warfare words that a person can utter. Because we, First yeah. Peter 2, 9 are a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people called out of the darkness and into his marvelous light. It doesn't say you're going to become a royal priesthood. It says that you are, you are. a royal priesthood. Yeah. Yeah. Matthew 18, 18 says that which is bound on earth is bound in heaven. That which is loosed on earth is loosed in heaven. That is binding and loosing contracts. Okay, you have to understand contract language operating in the courts of heaven. You've got to get those things. And when you understand them, as a royal priesthood, we can do like Nehemiah did. We can do like Daniel did, where they actually confess. Like in, Dan, uh, in Nehemiah chapter 1, verse 6, you have Nehemiah. And he literally confesses of the sins of the peoples of the lands of Israel on their behalf. So as a royal priesthood, we have the ability to confess of their sins on their behalf. Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. So you disarm them. You disarm the, the entities. You take away their legal right. And then you confess their sins on their behalf, as Nehemiah and Daniel did. And then, it, but mm -hmm. but you're doing it as a third party. You know what I'm saying? You're doing it as a third party. So yeah. I explain to people the problem that you're going to run run into doing it as a third party is you can buy yourself some time, and you can clean the house, you can get the demons out, but if they fail to go and sin no more. Them dagnab and things are going to come back. So you're almost like uh, when you're dealing them, with them, but it doesn't mean on yeah. the land. Yeah. You know, right. Zechariah 3, the Lord makes a covenant with the priests 
you know, where he says to Joshua and Sarah Babel, you know, I read if you it walk Friday. in my ways, yeah, then you still have to my house and my car. Oh, my gosh. Uh, you're going to love this. I, even I, am he who blots out your transgressions for my own sake, and I will not remember your sins. Keep me in remembrance and let us contend together. Hallelujah. Your first father's sin and your mediators have transgressed against me. Well, guess what? Not ours. His name is Jesus. Praise his holy name. This is a powerful program. Thank you so much. Please, folks, Kingdom livingwithjesse.com. There is, wow, courses and stuff that you can learn. This is, what a blessing. Thank you for joining us tonight. God bless you. Wow, powerful. Thank you. <laughs> I'm, yep. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm, you know. <laughs> Thank you. I do have I will weekly shows as well. Um, if people okay. are interested, those are available on YouTube, The Shoot and Rumble, um, Riding the Storms. Um, it's every Sunday evening uh, at 6 p.m. Eastern, and that, you know, in that I address, you know, what are the challenges, the trials, the things that we face in life, and, and how do we navigate through those storms? And then every Wednesday at 7 p.m. we have Rise Up, which is a show all about equipping. You know, we talk about those topics that the church does not want to talk about um, that are kind of taboo. Uh, we go through the basics, things, you know, that they say every Christian knows and, um, you know, but they may not be clear. Like, how do you do a Bible study? How do you use a strong concordance? How do you, you know, you fast? How do you pray? Uh, so we we really break down the basics in that show, and it's all about equipping. So thank you for the platform awesome. tonight and uh i appreciate it and wanted to give a special thank you to everybody who's listening tonight well given uh all that you have shared uh would you like to go ahead and close with a prayer for us and uh you know just uh bless us with that um thank you very much i mean I, i'm sure you would so. i guess i don't have to ask yeah. twice <laughs> <laughs> i i will Heavenly Father, we just thank you so much for this night. We thank you for your word, Father. I thank you that um, you are so good and faithful in our lives. I thank you that even when we don't know how to do things, um, Lord, we don't always have the answers. We we don't always have that uh, time to prepare for the things that we're going to face or the things that we have to navigate through. Yet, Lord, even in the midst of trials and temptations and um, crisis, Father, you are there with us. I thank you that your word says uh, that we are not to be afraid because you are with us wherever we go in Joshua 1.9. I thank you that you've given us your word that we can stand upon, that your word is life, that your word is all that we need to grow our faith, and that, Lord, we can stand against the evil one and every principality, every unclean spirit that he sends our way, that we can rebuke them and that you have given us authority and charge over your house, that we can uproot the strongholds and we can remove the wickedness from the land. I thank you for that. What a great authority, Lord, you have entrusted to us. Lord, it is such an honor and a blessing to worship you, to serve you, and we just give to you all the glory, all the honor, and all the praise. In your powerful name, Jesus, we pray. Amen. 
Amen. Oh, praise you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. And my one of my favorite verses, I know you know this one, Ephesians 3.20. And now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us. Hallelujah. Thank you so much, Sister Jesse. This has been an uh, awesome. And folks, if you're dealing with weird, creepy stuff that you can't get your arms around and you need this, you know, I think we all need a little bit of it or a lot of bit of it. Um, please do consider going to uh, Kingdom Living with Jesse, J-E-S-S-I-E. That's not with a Y. That's I-E dot com. And uh, you're going to find a just so much stuff there that you're, you will be powerfully, powerfully blessed. So thank you so much for joining us tonight, Sister Jesse. What a great program. Thank God you. bless you. you awesome. Well, well. Thank you. All right. So um, uh, anyway, um, I am going to go ahead at this point, and we'll we'll go ahead and uh, punch our way through the rest of the news that we have going on, uh, the apocalyptic stuff uh, that we have going on across the world. Because you know, as as you all know, uh, we're we are commanded to watch and uh, be wise as serpents and gentle as doves, uh, and we got an awful lot going on right now. So we're 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 pretty deep into it, and I guess we all know. That so let's go ahead and move on into uh, the uh, just kind of a recap or you know call out of the things that are going on uh, worldwide right now. So anyway, here we go. Ladies and gentlemen, may I have your attention, please? It's not normal. It's just wrong. Uh, wrong. It's not normal. This is <laughs> All right, praise Jesus, hallelujah. All right, the first one up is a, uh, well, I'm just going to go ahead and play this particular report, which, by the way, is confirmable, so you can confirm it through other sources. Uh, and again, if you can stomach it uh, and you have a copy of uh, Telegram on you know, any of your devices, uh, Intel Republic, I'm warning you, uh, you can't unsee the images, so be very careful as you're moving. But the information that you will see there is far and above uh, any data that you'll be able to glean from other sources. Uh, also, of course, if you have a finely tuned Twitter feed, you will also have access to a lot of the stuff that's going on. But again, as I brought up uh, on Stephen Ben Noon's program, which if you want to find it, you know, and you're a little bit, you know, not real, you know, just go to tribulationnow.com. And from there, you will see on the upper left-hand corner of the landing page, if it's a mobile device, it'll be at the tippity top. Uh, you you will see the uh, a link, you know, the actual program, you'll be able to click on it and listen to it. So we did call out the fact that our sources of information regarding what's going on in the Middle East are kind of, they're all over the road. They're all over the map. And it is exceedingly difficult to try to ferret out the truth or the whole story, okay? And in fact, my warning I don't know if warning is the right word, but my caution, my word of caution is that even the stuff that we're sharing with you on this program 
it's the same thing. Okay, it's the same the same problem exists here. You know, ferreting out, unpacking this data so that we have a well-rounded understanding, but trying to get to the 100% truth mark, that's going to be really hard for anybody, especially during a time of what we what's being called, quote, war. Now, I will share with you that there is a claim out there. This is not going to be something that you will typically run across, but there is a claim out there that um, some intel has leaked from uh, Israel, from somebody, it, it appears, you know, again, if this is true, uh, and they say it's true and they are presenting the document. Now, the document's written in Hebrew, so I don't know what it says. Okay, but the claim is that what it says is that they are they have uncovered some intelligence and the intelligence it has leaked. So somebody that was in the room or was privy to it or had access to the documentation, they're claiming they have the document. They showed the document. So it's available out there on Telegram. And um, it the document says that they are planning on shoving the survivors in Gaza out into the desert in Egypt. I mean, it literally physic that they're claiming not like I, said, I can't read Hebrew, so I don't really know. But um, that's what they said. And they're claiming that, oh, you know, this is a war crime, this, that, and the other thing. I'm, as a matter of fact, I'm pulling this up right now because I can't read Hebrew. Um, now, what I am going to do, though, is I'm going to take a snapshot of this and send this over to Stephen Ben Noon who can read Hebrew, and uh, let him go ahead and decipher it <clears throat> to uh, whatever extent he believes it's true or not. All right, so let me go ahead and uh, Control-V that, send that over to him, and also grab a link, copy-share link, and send that over to him. There we go. Okay. Um, all right, supposedly leaked intel um, that they are planning to shove the uh, survivors in Gaza to Egypt. All right, uh, E-G-Y-P-T. God bless you. All right. So anyway, I wanted to get that over to him because that, that's the kind of information he would want to be privy to. Uh, and maybe he already is. All right. So I'm going to go ahead and play this. This is mainstream media, but I will say this. Uh, it appears to line up very well with the encrypted uh, messaging that's going on in the world of Telegram as well. So that's one of the way that ways for what it's worth. So, you know, again, there's always going to be a margin of error. Uh, it's a way to correlate the data. So when the mainstream media says A, B, C, D, element of P, and you go over to Telegram and there's somebody from another part of the world saying A, B, C, D, element of P, you go like, you got a winner. All right. So anyway, as a general rule, you do. All right. So I'm going to go ahead and double. Oh, 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 I just realized. Let me go ahead and bring it up anyway. Ah, dagnabbit. Hold on. There we go. All right. Now I had to take a break there for a second. Oh, man. Oh, no. All right. Hold on. Give me a second. Pause on all sites. All right. Refresh. My ad blocker is getting me into trouble here. All right, here we go. 
Okay, first we got to get past the forced commercial. Oh, how long is this going to last? Oh, for goodness sakes. Tonight, Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu said that the second phase of Israel's war against Hamas has begun. He did not describe it as an invasion. At a news conference, Netanyahu repeated his pledge to destroy Hamas and return hostages who were abducted three weeks ago. Today, Israel's military said its ground forces remain fighting They're showing the tanks. Gaza a lot of tanks. After an intense wave of airstrikes targeting Hamas leadership and tunnels. Internet and phone service is down throughout most of the territory, effectively cutting off Gaza from the world. That's compounding the humanitarian crisis there and fueling That's international true. outrage over rising civilian deaths. That's also true. CBS's Ramey Inocencio in Israel near the Gaza border leads us off. Ramey, good evening. Good evening, Adriana. Gaza is in absolute chaos, and Israel strikes are only increasing in intensity. That's Israel's true. defense forces say they have killed Hamas's heads of both its navy and its air force. This is now Israel's second night of its bombardment of Gaza, less than a mile away. Plumes billowed over Gaza today, ominous signs that the lives of more than two million people have become hell on earth. Israel defense forces waging their fiercest pummeling of the strip in memory after fireballs Friday night lit up the skies in this new phase of the war. The military Friday said fighter jets struck 150 targets underground while columns of Israeli tanks attacked from inside Palestinian territory. A few minutes Marwan Al Ghul is in Gaza. He's been our CBS News producer the past 20 years. He went to Shifa Hospital, Gaza's biggest, and said he hasn't seen devastation like this ever. Okay, so um, I will let you know, for what it's worth, uh, that I have been monitoring this not through mainstream media, but through uh, Telegram encrypted channels that have, um, you know, you see everything. Now, you know, if you're doing it through CBS or whatever, they're going to hide some of the horror. If you're doing it through Intel Republic on Telegram, they're not going to hide any of the horror. And you're going to see things that you wish you didn't see, and you're probably going to tear up pretty bad. Okay, it's a lot more horrible than – I guess the only words that you could use to describe it is words cannot describe. That phrase actually – is very apropos. Words cannot describe the level of horror and devastation. And I'm warning you, if you do decide to monitor Intel Republic, you better have you better be careful because you, again, you can't unsee it. So it's very very horrible. Okay, and again, as we talked about on Stephen Ben Noon's show, Israeli News Live, you know, it's it's not just horrible. It, so how do you say this? What happened to the Israelites is horrible. But, okay, so I'm going to share something with you here. It's referring to the Hannibal Directive. I Now, I got a bunch of other news reports. I can share with you the headline here from Axios. Israel moves to a new phase of war. We just heard that. I can also tell you that uh, North Korea is putting out um, extreme warnings extreme warnings. I can also tell you that the United States USS Abraham Lincoln, Lincoln aircraft carrier has just departed the San Diego Navstay 
which I know a little bit about. Um, and you can pretty much bet your sweet bippy that it's heading over to North Korea, which would mean that now we have two. Okay, we got the USS, I believe it's the USS Ronald Reagan, and soon to be joined by the USS Abraham Lincoln that just left San Diego. That would put two full carrier strike groups in North Korea, in the North Korea region. Folks, we are getting so close to this blowing sky high. It's unbelievable. But it could still take a while. That's the thing that's so hard to deal with. Now I'm going to play for you a snippet of Redacted. This is going to take a little while. I don't remember how many minutes. Okay, it says 17. Let me look at the clock. Okay, that's going to leave me some time to, to hammer through a few more headlines. So let me go ahead. I want you to hear this. Okay? I want you to hear this because this is very troubling. But we need to understand that we need these are kind of, you know, so I'm going to share this with you. If you haven't, now if you've seen it or heard it, okay. If you haven't, um, it's probably, I don't know, how, how do you say this? It's unbelievable. And it's so unbelievable that it's believable. Okay. I'm going to play that right now. Hold on just a second. has one official narrative of what happened on October 7th, of course, the slaughter of 1,400 innocent Israelis at the hands of Hamas. But now, startling new testimony is starting to emerge that may change what we understand about that day. This could trouble a lot of people. Dan Cohen is the uh, founder of Uncaptured Media, a filmmaker, the documentary Killing Gaza, with some of these new startling revelations. Dan, welcome back to the show. Hey, great to be with you, Clayton. So what testimony has started to emerge from Israelis that could shed new light on what happened that day? Well, in the days after the events of October 7th, um, an interview with a survivor of the uh, Kibbutz Beri, the Israeli Kibbutz Beri, uh, where many people died, gave an interview in Israeli media. And um, she said she, she was very clear that uh, and repeated in her interview that uh, Israeli hostages were killed by Israeli gunfire, um, perhaps in a firefight between the Hamas fighters and Israeli military, but that, that it was Israeli military bullets that actually killed them. <laughs> על האדמה בחוץ, ממש כצון הטבח מול הירי של הימם שלנו והמחבלים. הטרוריסטים ירו בהם? לא, הם נהרגו מהחילופי ירי, תבין שהיה חילופי ירי מאוד מאוד קשים. זאת אומרת, יכול להיות שכוחותינו ירו בהם? כשניסו לחסל את החוטפים, את החמאס. הם חיסלו את כולם, כולל הבני ערובה, כי היה שם חילופי ירי מאוד מאוד קשים. אני משוחררת בסביבות השעה חמש וחצי. בשמונה וחצי כנראה מסתיימת הלחימה, אחרי שהיה חילופי אש מטורפים, אפילו שני פקזים של טנק שירו לתוך הבית, שזה בית קיבוצי קטן, זה לא איזה, רואים את זה בחדשות. כן. זה לא מקום גדול. וברגע הזה כולם נהרגו, היה שקט חוץ מניצולה אחת שיצאה הדס דגן, וזהו, וגם. איך כולם נהרגו? מהחילופי אש. מהחילופי אש, כלומר יכול שגם זה מאש כוחותינו? חד משמעית. כן? וככה אני מאמינה. So that interview um, was actually censored by the Israeli government. 
in order to prevent it from getting to the Israeli public, which had basically been through this shock and awe propaganda campaign to convince them that everything that just happened on October 7th was purely a Hamas terrorist attack, that Hamas is worse than ISIS, and so there can be no negotiation. And the only answer is to obliterate Gaza and whatever happened in those horrible scenes on that horrible day of October 7th is purely the, fu- the fault of Hamas and has nothing to do with Israeli military uh, tactics or strategy um, or decisions that were made either on the fly, on the fly that day. Um, now, there has been another article that came out in the Israeli liberal magazine Haaretz in which a, um, it, it cites a... Um, uh, uh, an Israeli military figure who was there. Uh, there was one who was in a bunker near uh, near Gaza, um, who was airstriked on this kibbutz, of course, which would have killed everybody. That did not happen. However, what did happen is another Israeli commander who was on the scene actually ordered his men, his soldiers, to uh, open fire on everyone in the uh, in these houses so the Hamas militants are were inside these houses with Israeli hostages under the belief apparently that because they'd have they have hostages they'd be able to get back into Gaza as others had but the Israeli military this commander and we don't know how high up this decision making goes decided no we're going to kill everyone in here including with use of tank shells Um, this is according to to this Haaretz article. So, I mean, what actually happened it, clearly is the Israeli military said, we are not going to negotiate with uh, Hamas at all. Um, and it, we don't, we're going to kill these, we're going to kill everyone here, including our own people. And this has been pretty much hidden from the Israeli public as best as possible uh, with the censorship of that interview. Um, uh, Yasmin Porat is the survivor's name. And with, uh, but now that that has been published in Haaretz. So, um, I mean, it raises way more questions about what actually happened, not only in Berry, but in other places too, where many Israelis uh, were killed. And that's not to say that Hamas did not kill people. Definitely that, that, that happened. Um, but, you know, Israel apparently killed, well, clearly killed its own, its own people in order to avoid uh, negotiations. All right. So, and uh, evidently they call that, I'm not sure if you mentioned it already, but um, they call that the Hannibal Protocol. And um, it leaked out. So, um, is that pretty horrible? Yeah, it's pretty horrible. You know, I, again, I praise Jesus, and this is something that I brought up over and over again on Stephen's show, Israeli News Live. My it was very important to me to help the people that were listening to the program understand that we are citizens of heaven. You know, if we were in World War II, Germany, you know, I, I could, I could do, I could get, say, for instance, this, for instance, that, for instance, this, for instance, that. I could give you a gazillion different historical, for instances, but at the end of the day, we are citizens of heaven. We are to keep our minds stayed on things above and not on things of this world. But we are also commanded to watch and pray. If you don't know what to pray for, 
Well, that's a problem. And then the other thing is we're supposed to, you know, Jesus said, you know, if, 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 you, if you knew when the, the thief was going to show up, you would be watching, right? Well, we're in the fig tree generation now. You know, we are the fig tree generation. And for us to be wise as serpents, wise as the worst case scenario enemy, we need to be aware of these things. We don't participate in them, but we do need to be aware of them. It doesn't mean you need to look at the imagery and see the horror, but we do need to be aware of what's going on around us. Now, you don't need to necessarily know every little detail, but we definitely need to be able to see the, the events that are unfolding, map them back to the Holy Bible, and draw in closer to the Lord in our prayer, praying for the lost, you know, and doing like we do on the prayer vigil, you know, using spiritual warfare tactics and such so that we can be ready for our departure, praying always to be counted worthy to escape all these things that are about to come upon the earth and stand before the Son of Man. Where? At the wedding supper. All right. That's critical. And I wanted I tried very desperately hard to get that concept that. You know, and Stephen was agreeing with everything I was saying. You could see he was, yes, yes. At one point when I said, I, hopefully we're all at the, you know, getting out of here and at the wedding's over, he even started to laugh, uh, you know, chuckle, chuckle along, you know, at, at the point. Because the point is, while we need to be aware of these things, we don't, it's not our job to be participating in them. Reporting on them, being aware of them, watching for the thief, knowing that they were part of the fig tree generation, praying and you know praying being armed with prayer knowledge to know what we're praying for okay all right that is really important and um <clears throat> so anyway praise god i just wanted to share all that with you the next headline uh and let me look at the time yeah so we're kind of running out of time i don't know how many of these i'm going to be able to get through hmm yeah okay so uh so again I'm going to zoom in on this one particular article because I believe that it is really, really important. Okay, so it says, North Korean Foreign Ministry. It says, Israeli bombed public health establishment was to be protected by the top priority peacetime war under international law. This is a statement from the North Korean Foreign Ministry. This is an unimaginable, hideous war crime and unethical crime. What should not be overlooked is that Israel's such criminal act was openly committed under the undisguised patronage of uh, the United States. So essentially, it's and I, they go on, they say the U.S. arrogantly vetoed the United Nations Security Council resolution on allowing humanitarian access to the Gaza Strip. Now, if you see... And it's available out there. The yeas and the nays, the greens and the you know the yeses, the noes, and the abs and abstainings on the votes. The whole chart of the people that voted at the United Nations for humanitarian a humanitarian corridor and a ceasefire to help the people. The whole chart is green. I mean, there's like a couple that are red. But, you know, it's just amazing. So anyway, uh, Kim Jong-un here is uh, really calling out the ugly. All right. What does that mean? I don't know. But what this means, I'm pretty sure I know. The next headline up. USS Abraham Lincoln 2 is heading to North Korea. Now, I did not say, the, the report did not say that it's going to North Korea. I 
said it's going to North Korea. So the report says the, the U.S. aircraft carrier Abraham Lincoln left the port of San Diego last night for an unknown and unannounced destination. Well, I can tell you firsthand, they're never going to tell you where they're going. But they're pretty darn big, <laughs> okay? <laughs> and, you know, we have a way, we, you know, we, it, nowadays we know. Okay, and mark my words, it now it could be heading over to Taiwan because there's supposed to be some hocus-pocus going on over in Taiwan where the United States pretends like we're going to defend Taiwan. But the word is that uh, – that, um, we're also surreptitiously top secret information. We are telling American major corporations that are located in Taiwan, get out. Because the secret plan in regard to Taiwan that they don't want you to know about is that we're going to surrender it to China. We're, going to, we're just going to give it over. Which, by the way, I have brought up many, many times, why are there no prophecies, dreams, and visions about a war regarding Taiwan and you know America China Taiwan why well, how come there aren't that's why look you know look at all the stuff that's going on look at all the the stuff how much in bed the, you know it was the chinese that was so desperate to get rid of trump it was the chinese that owns the vast majority of assets in the united states you know, when, when they paratroop out of the sky, Red Dawn, another prophetic movie, when they do that, they're coming to collect a debt. <laughs> okay? All right. So anyway, um, that's the answer. I didn't know for sure that's how, how it was going to go down, but, you know, who knows? But my guess, if I was to, you know, if I was going to, hey, John, where, where place your bets. Place your bets. Where do you think the USS Abraham Lincoln is going to go? I would say it's heading over to North Korea. All right, that's my guess, because they don't need to waste the resources of an aircraft carrier when they're cutting a surreptitious deal under the table. All right, praise God. But we'll see. You know, These entities are extremely good at making you think things that are not really happening. Okay, and I, boy, oh boy, I, that, this, you could talk for hours about this. Even Stephen Ben Noon was like, man, I got to get Johnny on here so we can go back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. Because he's like, you know, because, you know, it always turns out he does all the talking or I do all the talking, you know, and he, I, I'd love it. I'd, I'd love it. So if, uh, you know, so I'll, I'll let him know. Maybe we can do a back and forth sometime. I don't know if it'll be on this show or his show. Probably ought to be best if it was his show because he gets a much deeper reach. All right. When you're talking about Bible mysteries and spiritual warfare and stuff like that, it it the vast majority of Christians are just spooked by it. You know, they're like they never heard it. it you know what I mean? So the really advanced stuff. And by the way, I found uh, on that uh, Tribulation Now radio on YouTube, I found some of the old Stephen Ben Noon stuff where he's pointing out alien invasions in the uh, Old Testament. Some of those shows we did over 10 years ago. <laughs> They're still there. Praise God. Next one up. Next one up. Israel prepares to bomb hospital as Al-Alda Hospital, pictured above, uh, in North Gaza is overrun, overworked, and hanging by a thread, and receives an all capital letters, unconscionable threat by Israeli army to forcibly evacuate by 10 a.m. today, giving staff just one 
hour to move hundreds of severely wounded Bayesians after uh, the hospital joined scores of health centers and international organizations based in Gaza in rejecting the impossible demands of the previous night. Okay, so anyway, um, so the, the intel that's being pumped out there, whether it's right, wrong, lies, truth, I don't know. But the intel that the Israeli defense forces are being told is that there are underground facilities, elaborate, elaborate underground facilities under these hospitals. Elaborate. Control centers. uh, War rooms. Elaborate. And that's why they're focusing on them. It's not because they want to slaughter the people in the hospitals, but they are trying to eliminate the control centers. If that intelligence is accurate, which I, I wouldn't pass, put it past Hamas at all. Now, am I making an excuse? Do I think an hour is a sufficient amount of time to get babies that are, have body parts blown off out of the hospitals? No, I don't think it's an adequate amount of time. It's just my own personal opinion. Uh, I I am deeply troubled by everything associated with this. But you know what? It's going to expand, folks. World War III is going to be horrible. Wait till it gets to this country. Wait till it gets to this country. Um, uh, Sister Barbara from God's Healer 7, she saw and visions horrible things happening here in the United States. Buildings on fire, people being Horrible things happening, folks. And that's why I pray always to be counted worthy to escape all these things that are about to come upon the earth and go to the wedding supper. Let's be part of the first watch. Because when you read Matthew 22, the first watch, the barley harvest, best as I can tell, isn't going to be here for that, that level of ugly. Another headline reads, and this one, this one again is from Telegram and Republic. Western hypocrisy exposed, it says, by Turkish President Erdogan, who uh, who savages the who, who savages West's crocodile tears, he says, over the civilians c- killed in the Ukraine. Yet it silently looks on as thousands thousands of Palestinians are massacred by Israeli strikes. So this is what, and there and they had over get this 1.5 million protesters. 1.5 million protesters standing in front of Erdogan as he was addressing the public. And they, and you know what they were shouting, by the way? They were shouting uh, something along the line of, send the Turkey army to Gaza. Send the Turkey army to Gaza. Army to Gaza. Army to Gaza. That They were chanting that really loud in front of Erdogan. They want the Turkish army to go in. It's going to happen. Oh, and by the way, did you know that Chuck Misler... Uh, I'm going to read that pretty quick. All right, next one up. Got to get or else I won't run out of time. Israel at war. What happened on day 21? And it goes and it explains. I'm not going to get into all that. I mean, it's really it's the it's tanks rolling from the north to the south. Then they're dropping some very very powerful bombs on to blow up the. They know where all the underground tunnels are. They know where they are, and they are using some unbelievably powerful bombs. And they're taking them out. They're taking them out. Um, Unfortunately, the collateral damage is unspeakably horrible. I'm just going to leave it at that. 
All right. Um, Iron Dome fails. Uh, this is a report that comes in. They call it, they, they call it the paper dome. Uh, they're making fun of it. As Tel Aviv sur- su- suburb in Kiryat Ono, top right map, burns after Ham- Hamas rockets glide right past the Israeli defenses to send cars and homes on fire. A Hamas military wing spork- spokesman warns Israel that it will taste greater defeat than it expects or fears. Okay, so this is coming right out of Gaza, right from the Hamas leadership, evidently. All right, so again, this is only available on Telegram. I'm trying to show both sides of the story a little bit here because I'm a citizen of heaven. You know, and uh, I, you know, we could we could talk about, uh, you know, what's going on over in uh, Tasmania, you know, or whatever. But no, this is this is the buildup. It. At least so it appears from a biblical standpoint, it appears strongly that we're looking at the buildup to World War III, which is very significant when it comes to when we are going to leave this place, providing that we're counted worthy. Praise God. All right, next one up. Catastrophe, decades-long catastrophe. This is coming from Russia. This is a Russian commentary. If Israel continues brutal bombardment of Gaza Strip, warns Russian Foreign Minister Lavrov, who cautions Tel Aviv that it's impossible to destroy Hamas without annihilating the enclave itself. So now Russia's chiming in, of course, and they've, they have uh, – Stephen Ben-Noon brought this up on the show that uh, Russia and Iran have publicly stated that they are going to go in together eventually. But again, it, it was just a – it was a threat more than anything. Not, not – you know, okay. So anyway, next up. Hundreds of thousands of protesters in London. I don't know if this is just hundreds of thousands. We do not know how many of these people are, but what I can tell you is from this, if this is, this has to be drone footage, it's as far as the eye can see, folks. I, I, there's, I don't know how they could even guesstimate how many people were protesting in London. It's a sea. It's a river of people. As far as the eye can see, and they're shouting, stop arming Israel, stop bombing Gaza. We are all Palestinian, others said, you know, if those people are all Palestinians, I'm like, I don't know. So it's like I said, you you never know. You'll never know the whole truth and nothing but the truth. There's no way. Not as if we would ever anyhow, even even during a non-time of war. All right. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. All right. uh, Next one up. Dying from the vaccine. Pascal Nadaji, the son of the World Economic Forum, co-founder Hussein Najazi. That's that creepy, weird guy that basically says humans are no longer needed and we're going to, you know, turn you all into androids. Well, his son is calling for the arrest of Bill Gates, the World Health Organization, or WHO leader, who is a really creepy dude. Do not think for a second this person is like, oh, my gosh, we're talking about super satanic creepy. It doesn't get any worse than that. Right on the same level of creepy satanicness as Bill Gates. World Economic Forum, Klaus Schwab, the person once arrested, Big Tech, Pfizer, he wants them all arrested. He says he and his mother are now dying from the vaccine, which he calls poison. 
This is the son of that creep that's part of the World Economic Forum that we all unfortunately have probably heard speak at one point or another. <clears throat> Next one up. Americans led Gaza attack, okay? So it says recent ground attack in Gaza. Uh, the attack was led by American generals, and it failed miserably. Now, I could play the uh, audio here, but they're talking in Hebrew, so it wouldn't do you a lot of good. All right, praise God. So, interesting, huh? Makes me wonder wh- whether or not they had, uh, you know, um, LGBT, LMNOP leaders over there dressed in... <laughs> Like, uh, anyway, what a world we live in. What a world. Uh, anyway, praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Next one up. Israeli tanks exchange fire with Hamas inside of Gaza. Small arms clashes are heard as the offensive expands. That's a headline from, uh, uh, you know, um, uh, uh, something hedge. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm having brain brain bramage today. All right, next one up, uh, Zero Hedge. All right, praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Next one up. Khalad Mishal, leaders of Hamas. We are counting on the support of the big powers, Russia and China. The Russians benefited from what from what we did since we diverted United States attention from Ukraine in China. They were amazed at our success. The Russians told us uh, what had happened in 710 will be studied by military academies. So this is the leadership, by the way, talking on Iranian television, the leadership of Hamas, saying we're counting on China and Russia to join in. Did you hear that? Look, listen, I'll let you hear it with your own ears. Here you go. Hold on a second. Here you go. Can you believe that? Wow. Wow. I mean, I don't know about you, but them's fighting words. Okay. It's a little tongue in cheek there. Right, kids? Come on, kids. That's a little bit too much cheering there, kids. You guys are blowing my ears out. (laughs) I know. You're like, where's the ice cream? All right. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Next headline up. Total of 5,000 United States soldiers partook in Israel's overnight raid in northern Gaza. 5,000 United States soldiers. 100,000 people from Hamas in the video in Turkey are are voting for Hamas, you know. No, it wasn't 100,000, folks. This is what they're typing into the headline on Now the End Begins. It was millions. It was millions. All right. Now, this particular individual on my finely tuned Twitter feed, I don't know how this individual got onto my finely tuned Twitter feed, but that's okay. I like it. The person, um, their nickname on there is Pray Without Ceasing. Cool. And this individual says, Chuck Misler always said, watch Turkey. I will get excited once Turkey moves toward conflict with Israel. I didn't know he said that. As much as I've studied under Chuck Misler, I'm, so maybe this person was part of the Koinonia Club or whatever, which probably is still going on. I don't know. I joined it for a while, but then I was like, 
I'm not going to get into it. All right, next one up. Thank you, Jesus. Erdogan vows to get Israel branded as a war criminal. So Turkey's really going for it. And also blames the West for uh, for the Gaza massacre. So the speech that Erdogan did in front of millions of people while they were chanting to send the army in was, it was very, it was long. It was long. It was very, very detailed. And he, he's full of threats, full of threats. And he means it. All right. Uh, and again, I, you just heard the uh, commentary regarding um, Chuck Misler. Thousands protesting in London. We do not know what those numbers are. Like I said, as far as the eye can see, I could play the audio bite, but all you would hear is like oceans and oceans and oceans of people chanting and all that kind of stuff. Another headline up. <laughs> Russia to destroy Starlink. So Elon Musk is promising to, uh, it says, Israel threatens to destroy Musk's Starlink because the people in Gaza are using, Hamas is using the Starlink systems to triangulate and do war stuff. Okay, so again, it's it's uh, very similar to the Ukraine dynamic. All right, next headline up. Oh, this one I got to save. Okay, this is uh, the, the executive order, so this one will be good to save for the next program. I'm going to save on that. Oh, this is another one. It's a great one for the next program. I'm going to save that, marking it yellow. Oh, uh, there's a – in Florida, they, uh, the Florida Republican Assembly got together and made a uh, – I don't know what you call it. It's uh, Article 4, Section something, Constitutional Statement. And that constitutional statement is, hey, DeSantis, you lost. Get back to your job here in Florida. We need you to finish your work here. <laughs> DeSantis does. Could, could DeSantis actually, I don't know what he's thinking. I don't know. Anyway, I'm not even going to try. And it kind of bums me out because I would have liked to see DeSantis go for another governorship of Florida. But who knows at this point, probably Whatever. The whole uh, state will go underwater. Maybe the meteor hit tomorrow. All right. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Next one up. Wider war will bring inevitable attempts at martial law in the United States of America, according to this particular writer, Brandon Smith, who is a guest writer for, yes, you guessed it, Zero Hedge. <clears throat> is that a true statement? You better believe it's a true statement. That's exactly what they're going to shoot for. Once all heck breaks loose in the United States of Babylon the Great and civil war starts happening and people go to the streets and especially if the Donald Trump stuff comes true, yeah, you can imagine. You can only imagine. And I am so bummed out that my computer blew up during the Stephen, uh, Stephen Ben Noon Israeli News Live because he had made a comment about Russia and multiple nuclear bombs. And unfortunately, because of me trying to get back into the program, <clears throat> I wanted to share with him that uh, that uh, Jericho, the TV series Jericho, is um, uh, exceedingly prophetic in that regard. So yes, um, now whether or not those are actually put there by Russia, now he had said that they were put in the you know under the water uh, to cause you know tidal waves. So again, is it true? Do we know who's who in the zoo? Who's 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 attacking who? Who whose bombs are those? 
We don't know, folks. The upper echelon of these countries, the reptilian beings that are running these things, the, the global satanic crime syndicate, the shapeshifters, they're all working together for the destruction of the world, ultimately. Okay, this one here I'm going to play on the next uh, program, but basically it's Donald Trump just telling everybody, look, if these entities stay in control of the United States for another year, do your math, do your math. Trump is basically saying this country is not going to survive it. There, I've got some other headlines. So they have Now they have un- – Unbelievable. They're telling everybody to take the new COVID booster along with the vac- the uh, flu vaccine. So they're liars, and they're pushing it back at us again. Some of the lying reptilians that are inside of the lawmakers of the United States of Babylon and Greater are wearing masks again. A, ha- a hacker company has successfully broken in and has evidence that the Dominion machines are totally hackable. Um, Europe is facing civil war, according to this article, again, from Zero Hedge. We'll cover that in more detail on the next program. It, the list just goes on and on. Anyway, we're run out of time. I kind of knew that we were going to. There's a secret military training camp for illegal aliens. They are training them to do us harm. But I don't think anybody would be surprised to find that out, right? But now, independent journalists are finding out they're getting intel and they're going and finding these top secret military bases, the United States military bases, where they're training illegal aliens to attack us. We're at the 10-second mark, 5, 4, 3. God bless you all. Thank you for joining us tonight. Powerful program. And we will see you Wednesday at 7 p.m., Lord willing.
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.